This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio First Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 151 of the Radio First Fan podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Derek here. Going to say what's going on, Derek. Hey, everybody, what's up? And we have a guest, powerful Tyler here. What's going on, everybody? And we have a uh, pretty jam-packed episode for y'all today. I think it's a doozy. Yeah, it's like it's going to be a healthy one. So hopefully, if y'all are driving back from Depticon. Uh, you have this ready for you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give you some introduction to Tyler, why we, you know, where we know him from and everything like that, how uh, he got his powerful title. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have a voicemail that we got. Ooh, hell yeah. We are going to go over all three of our hobby progress. Yeah. We have some Adepticon announcements and some talks. Uh, I'm sure you heard about them. Yeah, the one thing that they announced. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, we're going to kind of discuss how the paint competition's going. It's going great. Go to the Discord and get in on that. And then we have a special segment that we are starting this podcast called Fabricators of the Heresy. Today we're actually going to be talking to uh, powerful Steve from Mad Robot Miniatures. We actually did an interview with him. I promise you that it is not at all. If you think you know Mad Robot Miniatures, you do not know Mad Robot Miniatures and how they started and where they come from. It is... Derek heard the interview. Oh, yeah. I listened to it. it. It'll surprise you. I immediately said, I called Derek as soon as the interview was over, and I put, I, I, I spliced it. I put it on the Discord and sent it to him and said, Derek, you got to listen to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was an excellent interview. Thank you, Steve, so much for doing this for us. Uh, just so y'all know, we will do a shout out later, but he does have a Kickstarter going on right now. Uh, for, I think it went live a couple of days ago, right? It did. It did. It is for some STLs for uh, some infantry models that look very similar to the old Puffy Boy uh, Stormtroopers. You know which one I'm talking the, about? The Kasserkin? No, before that. Oh, pre-Kasserkin. <laughs> he has the berets already. He's got those guys. But you know there's like that little bit of like in between where you had the ca- between the Kasserkin and the beret boys, you had the the fluffy boys, like the like a little thicker. I sure don't. That that missed me completely. Okay, well, but I, I'll I'll educate myself. Don't worry. They look great. That's all I'm gonna say. So, like, if you're interested in those, uh, if you're interested in supporting uh, powerful, powerful Mad Robot Miniatures, uh, go check out that Kickstarter. It's live right now. We'll discuss it in the uh, in the actual interview. But just so you guys know, that's what's going on now. Oh yeah. If you don't know, you should be aware. Like yeah. So anyway. Uh, introducing Tyler. Tyler, man. What's going on, man? So you're a new voice on the podcast. We've never had you on this podcast before. Do you even listen? I don't even think you listen to this podcast, do you? I, I catch you every now and then. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I don't catch everyone, but uh, when I'm, you know, hobbying and just need something to listen to, yeah, I throw it on. Uh, All right. It's been great, Tyler. We'll catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> so, so, no, no, no. Like, uh, what's, what's that lever for? Ejecto <laughs> Cito. <laughs> Why is this chair on that X? <laughs> <laughs> we, had to, we had to find out. This was how you find out. <laughs> no, definitely uh, uh, Tyler's new into Wargaming. Uh, you 
were like we, we played like when, when I took the major hiatus, me me and Tyler were hitting it hard on Legion. Where sure. uh, uh, you got into 40k, which got me back into 40k, and then now you're yeah. playing Kill Team, and I made you pick up Heresy, like yeah, convinced you, uh, you. you sold me the crack. <laughs> and uh, tell us, tell us what what's your background in miniatures? And what, okay, so uh, me and Michael worked together uh, back in the day, and he always talked about this game, uh, Warhammer 30k, and I was interested but never really got into it. And then uh, one day. I saw Star Wars Legion. I was like, that looks cool. I'm a big Star Wars fan. And Michael was like, all right, I just bought a box, so you're going to buy a box now, basically. <laughs> so we got into that, and uh, I did some some uh, uh, clones, and Michael did some nice. some B1s, and uh, kind of just started the hobby adventure there. Uh, started with white armor. That wasn't fun, let me oh, tell you. It's a hell of a start, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was pretty frustrated, but, you know, a lot of knowledge. I think uh, we hobbied together, me and Derek and then oh, yeah. uh, uh, Michael. So I had a lot of knowledge on how to go about things, learning about glossing and putting washes on things. But that kind of died out. We played a lot on Tabletop Simulator, never really got on the board. But um, 40K, I, I found orcs and... I wanted to do some works. They look cool. And I found the, you know, Speed Freaks doing oh, the yeah. um, Mad Max kind of bunch of bikers and vehicles. It's a whole vibe, man. Yeah. It was like, I was, I was talking to Sam too, and he was just like, yeah, dude, you're going to go. He just like pumped me up you, to you go do it. You can't go wrong. Yeah, like, you yeah. can't go wrong. So uh, I started working on that. And in the middle of that, you know, got engaged and wedding came and I was spending a lot of money. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks, man. Uh, went to Washington to elope in the mountains, and it was costly, so had to put the hobby away for a minute. And I come back, and uh, well, 10th edition's all the talk, and sounds like my army might be going away. So I put that on pause, but I tell Michael, like, hey, I still want a hobby, but like, I don't know what I should do. He's like, have you heard of this, this gentleman's game called 30K? <laughs> I was like, no, but enlighten me. And, well, next thing I know, here I am with uh, some Ultramarines ready to go. Hell. Signed up for my first event, Warzone. Ooh. So, like, Tyler, you've, like, basically had uh, probably the most accelerated hobby, like, experience I've ever seen anybody go through. I have a no- lot of knowledge around me. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it, it's so crazy to see, like, how far you've, like, like, you basically went from, like... Putting on chunky paint. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, nothing to, like... Probably some of the nicest models I've seen come out of people. <laughs> like, I, like, I appreciate it, man. I still have a lot of work to do, but yeah. Yeah, dude, your Ultramarine tanks look dope. <laughs> Thank you, man. Your, your I, weathering is like, I love it. I, I've, it's, weathering pains me. I, I like to paint perfectly, and I get it to that point. I'm like, every time I did it with my orcs, I'm like, I don't want to weather this. This looks nice. And then Michael kept on twisting my arm, twisting my arm. And I, I weathered the shit out of it. Like, I went hard, and I, I love just, it now. Just break that barrier. Yeah, yeah, man. It was just like I had to go full force on it. It was so funny when Tyler was, like, first, like, brush painting. Like, like just, like, because like, you started with D&D, like, first, right? Yeah. Uh, got into D&D and just, I mean, just trying to put contrast paints really on things and <laughs> just get paint on models. And, and, like, you know, we always talk about, like, you know, is you know 3d printing gonna kill the hobby is 3d printing gonna like destroy the hobby i feel like it was like the exact opposite in your case because like you got into 3d printing before you bought any models yep and now it's like it's like a probably like a 75 25 work for you right i mean the the wife is on my ass (laughs) she's like hey i I bought some gray knights for uh kill team because i still play that on the side and uh 
Yeah, she was not too happy about it when I did it yesterday, but it was totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where like, uh, like three D printing like gives you like the the preview. Like it's like a, those old school like uh, a preview disc for like PlayStation One. Oh yeah. Where you get like the first oh like the demo disc. Demo yeah, the yeah. demo disc like the first map of Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that was fun. I like now I want the whole thing. Yeah, and so. I, 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 it's a cool tool too. Like you can have unique miniatures that nobody else has, but by kit bashing a bunch of three D prints together onto an official model, and oh, for sure, I, I love that part of it. Yeah, you went from like D and D minis because I remember your first red. Like it was so, like so close ago. I remember you bought your first like D and D resin model. Oh yeah, and like like the, when we were in that campaign yep. at your the old barbarian. house. Yeah, <laughs> you, you were surprised I did the dry brushing on the the bear cloak that I had. I was like, barbarian. "Your dry brushing looks so good." <laughs> Just a little baby Tyler. Just using like, <laughs> model paint from uh, Hobby Lobby, you know, thick as shit. But <laughs> I was like, "Do you do you need an airbrush, Tyler?" <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, the airbrush. Here we go. You got real deep into it. Like you got like really deep into uh, uh, painting. Like you're painting D and D minis, and then you started printing, and then like. Before you know it, I was like, you really need an airbrush. You are at the level where you need an airbrush. And you're just like, I'll get one. I'll get it's just an investment. I'm like, oh, look. What is this? A magical a- airbrush appears at your doorstep. Is with this an air compressor? Is this a compressor? <laughs> Man, I don't even know where this came from. You can have it. <laughs> yeah, I think I printed you like six dudes for Star Wars. And you're like, yeah, I brought you an air compressor. As payment. I'm like, what? And this Patriot Extreme. Yeah. And, and then it just sat there and collected dust because I was hard-headed. It's hard-headed. And now, look at you. I airbrush every day. I airbrush anything I could possibly airbrush. Because, yeah, I don't he like finds stuff in the house to airbrush. <laughs> He's got a PVC hose running through his every room in his house that he just connects up to. Dog walks by, just put a, a racing stripe on it. <laughs> you're faster now. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, man, tell us about your Ultramarines. Tell us where you're trying to go with those guys. Uh, Yeah, I'm... Trying to really build into the Roman theme. Uh, all my 3D files have, you know, the the sashes, and I got the Roman loincloths going. Yeah. And kind of going for uh, melee, but also, you know, Ultramarine's uh, rule where six inches and you get that plus one is super nice. So, oh, hell yeah. Bunch of rhinos with bolters carrying dudes across the field. And, and then I got a Spartan that's carrying a bunch of cataphracti into the enemy's face. So, I, I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. And... I have a theme going that I'm really trying to stick to. And then of course, you know, a couple of contemptors because they're too good. I mean, why not? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always like, uh, like whenever it comes down to, uh, like new, like new models. And, and like, I know like, cause I don't glue grenades or pistols to models. Cause I know I got to paint them. Yeah. And so like, I don't like doing that. And so I remember when you first, posted like your very first tactical squad and they had the helmets and the helmets had those like Roman like golden cheeks and then and they had like sashes and they had like little swords to their side oh, yeah, and they had like the the, the, the headpiece. I was like no way no <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it, I I yeah, I don't like playing infantry, and it doesn't make it any easier having all that. But I think it's worth it in the end. It's definitely it makes me happy, but I'm definitely saying some curse words and throwing paintbrushes across the the room. It's part of the process. <laughs> What's funny as I say that, like I say that I don't like I don't I hate painting like the little giblets because you got to swap up paint and all yep. that jazz. Uh, 
so like Jake puts all my stuff together and like I tell him I was like dude just go wild with this because you saw Jake's uh uh samurai dudes right oh, yeah, they were sick like these dudes like have full like fully like every bit and bob that you can glue to them they're like they look like full ass samurais and uh and so I was like yeah Jake go ahead and put my stuff together and like he loves doing that I'm just like just go buck wild with it. So like, I can't go back. Right. <laughs> Cause my dudes would just be like Mark six with a bolter really far away from them. <laughs> so so, so I can paint underneath. <laughs> They'd have a bolter and chainsaw, like as far out. Spread <laughs> eagle. Doing the, doing the Y from YMCA. <laughs> so yeah, no, seeing your stuff, like, you know, you get, you get hella deep into the, like, into the bits and bobs that you 3D print. And like, it's like, yeah, is there I, plastic under there somewhere? <laughs> I told myself I wasn't going to do that because painting orcs, they have so much detail on them. And oh, yeah. I mean, you can be sloppy with orcs, but I have this OCD of if there's a little brown on the green, I got to fix the green. So I was like, with this, the Space Marines, I'm going to be more simple, pump them out. And then I found these 3D files. And next thing you know, my miniatures are just full of shit again. He's just <laughs> got his full kit on them. Yeah, yeah, man. Like anything I could possibly put on them, I'm going to put on them. I fucking love it, dude. So, like, uh, as far as your your Ultramarines go, we saw, I, I think you just posted in the Discord, you just finished up that Xiphon, yeah. the Spartan, and then was it, it was a, the, the, Scorpius. the Scorpius, yeah. I'm super excited about it. The, the Xiphon, I've, I've had the Xiphon sitting back there for a bit, and I'm, like, kind of intimidated because I knew I wanted that one to be really, really special to me. And I knew the windows, since I, I 3D printed that one, so I knew the windows were going to be... Um, Needed to do a gradient, and I tried it out on my big orc. I don't know if you saw that, the big orc yeah. titan. Yeah. Uh, I tried out the gradient, and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to put on the Xiphon, you know, kind of working towards it. And I put, that's the first thing I painted is go do the windows. And as soon as I had it, it was just like go mode, and I just wanted to paint it, get it to completion. So I pumped it out pretty fast. And then I, I like to batch paint, especially the vehicles, because you can get them out fast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoy seeing like some of your work in progress because like it, like you know we always discuss the ugly phase, and so like right when you put up that like phase where like you've got like the dark blue and all the dark spots and everything so, like that, so it's just like you post it up and like like you could tell like nobody's like putting the fire emoji or anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. cool. No, I want to show the the progress. Like this is where it is, and this is how I'm going to get to it's, where I'm at. The comments are definitely uh, how, how brave. <laughs> It looks, is that it, black under there? <laughs> is that black under the blue? It's like, oh, nice, nice. <laughs> it's like every time you post up that phase, I'm like, let him cook. <laughs> let him cook. <laughs> it is coming. Oh, dude. they, they It's, a, it's, it's a, a serious process that you go to on like every one of your vehicles. But like it, it, it just blows me away at like how like you're like, oh, here I'm at this phase on these three tanks. And then like three hours later you're like they're done <laughs> god dang like full-on freaking uh uh decals and everything on them just yeah it's i have to get in the mood i i was telling you know the wife i wanted to go to bed early after D the other night and i had taken some naps throughout the day so i knew it was gonna be hard but during D, &D i put the decals on and as soon as i have the decals on it's like oh i want to weather these these look too nice and i you know did some weathering and then Oh, I could put some oils on. They'd be dry by the morning. Put the oils on. Well, by the time I did that, 3D prints were done. So I changed out the 3D prints, you know, sliced up some new files and stuff and come back. And, well, the oils are mostly dry. I could wipe them off now. And next thing you'll know, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Just the model's full done. Blown. <laughs> full blown if you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah, yeah, man. It's When I get in the groove, 
And it's sometimes hard for me to get in the groove, but when I get in the groove, I have to stay in that groove as long as possible until I basically pass out. Oh, yeah. Just capitalize on it. Yeah. And, and, and what's crazy to me is, you know, you say you're, you got, like, a lot of support around you, but, like, really, like, a lot of the advice that you, like, because you usually, like, approach me with, like, hey, I'm trying oils now. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you know, like, like I would say, if anything, you are, like, a straight, like, you're just, like, YouTube classically trained, right? Uh, uh, YouTube taught me most of my degree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, the electrical engineering degree should not have gone to uh, A&M Kingsville, should have gone to YouTube. It taught me <laughs> way more than they did. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things where, like, uh, there was so much stuff, like, you know, like, me and Derek, we've taken, like, cult of paint classes and stuff like that. In the, uh, I took some CK Studio classes, you know. There's a lot of classes I took to learn a lot of the weathering that you, like came out of nowhere with and it's like hey what do you use for this it's like oh well i use you know uh, i use this kind of burnt umber from from oils and all this stuff but like you like definitely <laughs> are like a child of youtube right like just everything like the from like the weathering from like the foam like everything you just like you, you just like you ask me for like my like uh my like my opinion on things but like <laughs> I'm pretty sure a fart got in there. Yeah. Oh, did you hear it? <laughs> sorry, sorry, everybody. My, my bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> on that button. So for all of y'all wondering, uh, there is a uh, there's a button on my soundboard that has a queued up uh, fart with reverb, and I'm pretty sure that Be- Beasley just stepped on it. So. If y'all heard that, I'm sorry. Yeah, we were just talking about how that happened during one of your meetings. Yeah. Like, yes. yes <laughs> I had explained to a very large company that <laughs> my cat stepped on the soundboard, and that's where the fart with Reberg came from. I did not just fart in the cathedral. Uh, that's, that's a soundboard. But yeah, back to your point is like, yeah, there's just a wealth of knowledge out there. And if you know how to use the YouTubes and got the time to do it, which... I have the times to do it. Um, there's a lot of knowledge, but I I do like coming back to y'all because I don't know you you've been doing the hobby most of y'all's life as as much as I know, and uh, just like bouncing ideas to see if that's the right approach because maybe y'all have tried it and it sucks. And dude, I'll be real with you. Like I and I, we talked about this like last episode. Like I'm like the hard headed old man, and you're like the new guy, and you come up to me with like stuff. I'm like, yeah, shut up, dude. You don't know. <laughs> like it's like, and then it's like like two weeks later, like the like the the stupid fucking uh the the fep lube. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> dude like, just like tune that out. I was like, yeah, I don't need to lube my fep, bro. Like what's wrong with you? It's like, it's like, come like I like the snapping noise of my fep. I was like, oh yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> how you know it's working. Exactly what he said. You're all like, yeah, dude. You just got to use the hot water. You got to lube your fep and all stuff. And it's like. Two or three weeks later, I'm like, hey, Tyler, are you looping your FEP? It's like, I've been looping my FEP. <laughs> I told like, you to loop your FEP. I told you about looping your FEP. <laughs> Dude, that's how it is every time. <laughs> Tyler comes with new stuff. Like, yeah, he just, that's that new stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> just could make my life easier. The, the, the peeling, the, uh, the exposing your resin to like, Peel off the bottom. Oh, like, dude. The tip clean. Oh, dude. Yeah. Dude, the, the best tip I've ever. Like, not having to dump out that vat is my least favorite thing to do, oh, resin God. printing. Especially with the bigger printers, where it's just, like, takes all day to drain the vat from your filter. <laughs> yeah, and then you you got gloves on, but you got resin coming down your arm and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, 
Well, shit. I guess I'm a vampire now. Can go in the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh. A little resin hand, you know? It never hurt nobody. <laughs> just, just a, you know, just a mild chemical burn. <laughs> no, yeah. No, like that thing, you told me about that. And like, <laughs> it's like, like, oh, that sounds cool. Whatever. And then, you know, weeks later, months later, almost. It's like, it's like, why aren't you doing your, doing it like this? I was like, nah, I don't know. And I see it some guy on YouTube does it. And I'm like, oh, that's what Tyler was talking about. I can't envision the stuff Tyler's telling me. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's so smart. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes Claire will come and be like, why you got all this trash on your table? And it's all the, the sprues that I've determined are good peeling the FEP <laughs> oh, bottoms with. Yeah. I'm like, this would be a good tank cleaning sprue. So I just <laughs> leave it there. And she's like, you just got trash everywhere. Like, that's a tool. Don't you touch that tool. Uh, for those of y'all that don't know what we're talking about, I'm pretty sure at this point, like everybody knows about this, but if you have a bunch of like, let's say you had a print that had a bunch of like failed heads, right? Cause they were like too much suction that pulled the heads off. And so, you know, at the bottom of your vat, you're just going to have tons of these little heads stuck to the vat. Uh, if you take an old sprue and push it against the bottom of the vat or I guess an old support, yep. push it against the bottom of the vat and then expose the bottom of the vat. It'll create essentially just a giant, like one layer of cured resin that you just peel up with that, uh, uh, with that, uh, support. And you just, you basically peel up the entire bottom layer and it, it works exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> like anything floating in your vat, it's going to go to the bottom. It's going to hit that, that sheet. And yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's nice. It's, it's very nice, and and especially if you're one of the uh, peelers and flickers, because that's what I was. I would empty out all my stuff. I'd tap stuff in there, and I'd come from the bottom of the vat, just boom, oh, just, yep. like send <laughs> shit across the. <laughs> I just give it a good flick with my glove on, just pa, and then fucking. Jake walks by, hits him in the eye. Ah! <laughs> oh. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's a plate there, but either way. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Something like that. So, that's the noise it makes just flinging shit across the room. <laughs> yeah, I, I ruined one FEP because of one, you know, stuck print. I, I was trying to get it off, alcohol rubbing. I mean, I spent almost all day trying to get this thing off, and I finally got it off, and my FEP's like all bent out of place and shit. And I'm Ooh. like, it's not worth it because now I got to change the FEP. I hate that process of yeah. printing. So, yeah, I went to the YouTubes and it always has the knowledge. Yeah, but even then, with some of the courses we've taken, a lot of them, it's nothing like revolutionary that you can't find on YouTube. Like the the speed painting class was a lot of that. Is just like, hey, here's the tools you can find these find these techniques on YouTube if you need to learn more about them. But here's like here's a list of good ones to do if you're trying to get a lot done quickly and have it look good. Yep. Yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where, like, if you don't know, you don't know. And I feel like that was, like, a lot of, like, you wouldn't even know what to look at on YouTube. You'd have to be following, like, some dude who has, like, 300 followers or something. Like, find this specific way to clean your airbrush or some specific way to use oils. And, like, it's, it's like, now a lot of that information is just, like, you know, you've got, like, Vince Ventrella and, you know, like... Uh, uh, the Colts of Paint has their own YouTube now where they share a lot of that stuff. and Where I get oh, yeah. a lot of the, the techniques from. Colts oh. of Paint is straight up. Powerful Henry still. I miss you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so And playing Kill Team, uh, the shop has a lot of new people, you know, playing Kill Team and kind of get into it, which I think Kill Team is a great thing for the hobbyist. Oh, you yeah. know, you bring six guys and you can play a Kill Team. 
But I'm trying to push them to not be scared of the oils, not be scared of the airbrushing like I was, not be intimidated, I guess, by it. Because I was intimidated because I, I just hate failing, failing at things. And, you know, brush painting was easy to me. But I've been pushing them and the amount of progress that they're making, because they bring their models and, you know, we critique them. Not, you know, they, they did a good job, but critique them. And they come back every week with better and better models. And it's cool to see, you know, the that I can press, pass on knowledge that y'all have been passing on knowledge to me for this, this whole time. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Uh, the, the shop has been a lot of fun to be at lately. Yeah, you're there like every weekend now. Yeah, every weekend. <laughs> kill team hey, I'm going I'm I'm to be there for at least one day a weekend. <laughs> most time two days. That dude went like there's like that guy at the shop went like 27 and 0 in kill team until old Tyler showed up. That's <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> third game in. I mean, I was using, you know, Space Marines are pretty broken right now, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm known as the mythical Tyler around like the mythical. Yeah, mythical. Oh, shit. Because nobody could beat this guy. <laughs> yeah Tyler's like just killing it in wargaming right now <laughs> just just absolutely slaying it when, when I when I get an addiction or a hobby I I go f- full in on it like and eh, gaming's kind of been meh lately there's nothing that really catches my eye so I'm, I'm a big PC gamer so this is a good alternative I play one game get pissed off and yes yeah, I got hobby shit right behind me ready to go that's a that's like I've got a lot of questions from like some of our like gamer friends like that we play Tarkov with or like you know like Sea of Thieves like those old friends like what have you been playing lately it's like I don't like I haven't I was gonna upgrade my graphics card but I realized like why would I at this point like I'm just everything I'm doing is like you know painting related hobby related uh, inside the Discord now we have that like hobby hangout group and like people just go in there and hang out and oh, I just that, you know it was a blast the other night when dude we just, were just hanging out talking just talking over Discord while I'm painting tanks you know also got one of those cameras oh you got one <laughs> on the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah got another one <laughs> Vince bought one today <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah, totally worth it I was like four hundred dollars to fifty I'll take it uh, dude it's 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 super nice like. I, <laughs> For those of y'all that don't or didn't hear the last episode, it, it's one of those things where it's a uh, what's wrong? Oh, I'm just wondering where you got it mounted. Oh, it's or it's over in the. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's on my actual hobby desk. Gotcha. Uh, it's it's the oh man, what is the name of it? It's hold on one second, but just so, just like the story behind this thing, uh, and we we're yeah because yeah, you talked about it last episode. Yeah, but just so you guys know, go look up a hover cam hover cam solo eight plus. Uh, there's a seller on eBay who is named Immortal Origin, and Immortal Origin has more than 10 available now. When I bought mine, <laughs> there was like 17 sold, and now there's 29 sold. So, <laughs> I think you're a big part so of that. Like, so where's where's the check? Where's, where's, my, where's your cut? There's no, that's what Vince is like. He's like, are you like, are you getting like a kickback? It's like, no, dude, it's just a really good deal. And like, solid I deal. want my friends to have it first. But he has other cameras. Like, even if he runs out of those, he yeah. has like the non-plus model. He has, and they're all really expensive cameras as well. Yeah, essentially, it, I'm pretty sure it's like a school district, like yeah. a school district that got rid of all of their uh, uh, work from, uh, like, I guess, like remote schooling cameras, and we're like maybe got a grant to upgrade them all before the end of the year. And so, like, you got to use that budget or else you lose it next year. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, it's just a bunch of, like, these essentially uh, what are they called document cameras where they show what's on their desk and it 
it's got the zoom and auto lock uh, autofocus lock button on there. It can swap around. It can go from vertical to horizontal camera mode. It's got a mic built into it. It's got lights built into it. The lights kind of the lights are horrible. Don't don't expect to, <laughs> don't expect much. Don't expect much from those lights. Uh, but essentially, this thing just a hundred percent is like it was. It's a perfectly good desk camera, so you can share what you're working on. If you plan on like ever being a miniature streamer or like a painting streamer, or if you just want to have a hobby hangout where you're showing people stuff, this is normally a $400 camera. And for whatever reason, they're selling it for 50 bucks. Yeah. It's insane. And I'm uh, bringing that up. I'm probably going to start streaming my hobby painting because when I was streaming video games, my best streams when I would have 12, 11 viewers, which was a lot for me starting off is just my just chatting or just talking to people. People like to talk. I feel like miniature painting, you know, I'm not going to be engaged in a game too much. You know, I might have to paint this one little thing, but it allows me to talk to the community that wants to come in. Oh, hell yeah. And then, yeah, I, it's more age appropriate, I guess. I can display it to, you know, younger kids getting in the hobby. My brother, he comes over, he's 13, and he sees all my miniatures, and I can already see the wheels turning that he wants to get in the hobby. He just doesn't have an outlet because we're from a small town, so... Hopefully it just spreads the word to the small town that, hey, this is a hobby and this is something that's really fun. Hey, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I have a 22-year-old brother. <laughs> and if there was any, if there was anybody that was going to convince somebody to play miniature war gamings, it's me. Yeah. My oh, little yeah. brother is not the generation. He's not. He does not <laughs> yeah. mess with the minis. <laughs> like, if there was anybody, I give him stuff and nothing happens there. Yeah, my, There's no spark. <laughs> he, I don't know. He just, my brother looks for things to do. He gets bored of gaming sometimes, so... I was like, pick up miniature painting. And I might start him off on Star Wars Legion because he knows that universe and be kind of cool. You know, he could paint Darth Vader or whoever he wants to be. And, you know, I still have my Star Wars Legion shit. So play with him and see how it goes. But yeah, if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to force it on him. Oh, I've, I've tried forcing it on my brother. <laughs> I, I was like, it's like, hey, read this book. It's called Horse Rising. He's <laughs> Just like, shoving his head into <laughs> it. He's like, no, I'm just going to play Minecraft. <laughs> like, I'm going to play Titanfall 1. <laughs> that came out years ago. It's like, yeah, I want to go ahead and replay it through. Ugh. <laughs> you should have forbid him from playing Warhammer. You should have been like, whatever you do, you are not getting into this shit. Not like me. <laughs> not like your brother. Don't, <laughs> don't you let me catch you doing this. <laughs> you don't book. want none of this shit. <laughs> Call him back later. Hey, did I leave my book over there? <laughs> <laughs> did I leave my forbidden book, Horse Rising, over there somewhere? <laughs> Left on the exact page that you need to start on? <laughs> Yeah, no. If anybody's going to get my little brother to venture it's me, and it didn't happen. Hey, bro, have you seen my copy of Betrayer? <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm going to leave a copy of Mortis over there. <laughs> See what happens. Got to play that Titanfall angle. Uh, something, <laughs> something. So, no, Tyler, man, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you, uh, glad you picked it up. I'm loving the way your Ultramarines are coming along. Uh, Thanks, guys. I can't wait to... Uh, uh, be on your side on the allied side of the table or oh, on the on the uh, uh, non-trader side of the table at Warzone. <laughs> We're going to... I get a lot of shit talked to me at the shop. There's a lot of world eaters at the shop right now and they they are not a fan of my Smurfs. But <laughs> I'm excited to be there with you, bud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to do great. Hell yeah. So, yeah. No, that's, uh, that's Tyler, man. That's what... We got a voicemail we got to listen to. So, definitely... Uh, Let's get that going. Uh, I have not heard it. I did see that I uh, recognized the number, but... Oh, really? It's okay. 
So why I, I don't listen to the podcast, I'm very familiar with the voicemails from back in the day because me and Michael worked together and he was, he'd be like, dude, dude, listen to this voicemail. You, you got to hear this story. <laughs> dude, I remember one time when we were in the, uh, uh, when we were at work, I was like, hey, hey Tyler, close the door. Because <laughs> we worked in the same office and he closed the door and I hit play. And it was like, today I'm going to tell you about the time I may or may not have committed a war crime. <laughs> I was like, dude, we get these crazy voicemails about dudes. And, uh, by the way, if you're out there listening right now and you have some crazy, crazy voicemails about times you were cleaning out a shitter or something bad happened, <laughs> just the worst day you've had in your experience, like the, the worst day you've had at work, give us a call. What's the number? <laughs> give us a call at 361-265-8658. We'd love to hear that from you. So, or if you're international, you don't want to do long distance, you could just record a voice clip and send it to us, reach out to us. We'll make it happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make it happen. So let's see what we got here. I know it's taking a second. I'm sorry. It always takes a little longer. Michael, you son of a gun. I miss you. I'm glad you're back. Ain't that right, Duncan? Hell yes. And, and, and Derek, I love you too, you little, you little rascal. You're so cute and adorable. I can't wait to, uh, you know, see you once again, hold you in my arms, kiss you on your cheek. <laughs> it's a, 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 a baby uh, basket to your own. Talking about Death Jam. So that was uh, clearly Jack and Duncan. I, I, like, lo- I love you too, Jack. <laughs> so, so, sorry you didn't see me at Adepticon. I didn't have the heart to tell you I wasn't going to be there. <laughs> nobody nobody could have known. Oh, yeah, that was powerful, Jack. Uh, for those of you that are wondering why he's talking about his uh, his passy, uh, they sent a... Uh, it was probably the greatest prank I've heard going on at Adepticon since somebody's like, man... Man pond fell out of their their pants. Oh yeah, yeah. They uh uh, they found out our room number. Me and Derek were sharing a room, and they we walk back into our room and walk into a baby crib in our room. Oh, <laughs> so so they they called the front desk. They recorded the phone call by the way and sent it into the podcast of like, hey, how's it going? I'm in room. Blah, blah, blah. My name's Michael. Uh, I can I get a crib sent to my room for my 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 boy Derek for my my son Derek my my, my little baby Derek. Yeah, I don't think they charged me for it, but I don't remember checking. <laughs> if they did, it was worth it. It was a really good bit, and it was like, ah, well, somebody went through all the trouble to think. It's really funny. I I gotta get a picture of me in this fucking thing. <laughs> Derek took his nappy inside. <laughs> it, was, I had, it was a long day, and he's like, you know, fine, take me a little nap, nap. And he sure did. So, oh. Jack, I, Jack and Duncan, I both y'all both had a excellent uh, uh, Adepticon experience. I mean, if the pictures are to be believed, it looks like they had a great time. It looks like y'all were having a great time there. So, 
But yeah, no, definitely. If you uh, want more Duncan and Jack, you can check them out at the Heresy Accountability Buddies podcast. Accountability Buddies. I heard they were handing out ridiculous amounts of swag at Adepticon. Oh, they brought a bunch of stuff. I saw the somebody had framed one of their posters that they had, and oh, yeah. like, God bless them. Yeah, just been keeping it alive. <laughs> yeah, if if you like art content, definitely give them a give them a check out. Uh, they do good work over there. Nice shout out. So Derek, dude, what have you been working on? Well, so seeing Tyler post up some of his beautiful Ultramarines vehicles, I'm like, damn it, I got to step up my game. I got to, I got to put some <laughs> elbow grease into mine now. If I'm gonna put up pictures of mine right after he puts his up, it's right now. It's not looking very favorable. Yeah. Not that it's a competition, but I, you know, I yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah. If these are gonna be on the same table, I, I'd be doing you a disservice if mine just kind of looked janky. <laughs> I, I, I disagree. I think your your Spartans <laughs> looked really great. Or Land Raiders or Spartans? It's, it's a Land Raider. Yeah, it, it looked really good. The the white. I, I hate painting white still Ooh. to this day. So uh, I really like the white that you put okay. on here. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know my my process on that. So I was working on those, and we were hanging out in the the Discord hobby hangout. And Michael was showing off the, he had done the uh, squad markings on the top hatch to his rhinos. And that was something I was like playing around with. Like, do I want to do this? Uh, I, it looked good, but I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I see Michael doing it. I'm like, damn it. I'm doing it. <laughs> Where's my tape at? So I actually brought with me a couple of these to show you fellas. So one part of my process with my white is before I do the white, I put on a chipping medium, which Okay, so like a almost like a crackle or uh, no, it's just a uh, kind of like a polyurethane, like a clear polyurethane paint. I don't know if it's polyurethane, but it's kind of like that same kind of texture to it. Gotcha. And it kind of has the same texture as like when you were in elementary school and you'd cover your hands in Elmer's glue <laughs> and it would dry and then like peel. Yeah. So what you can do is you can put that chipping medium down and then do a coats of paint on top of it, and then just a little bit of water will reactivate it, and then you can like scratch it and chip it away, and it'll go back down. To the layer underneath the chipping medium. That's really so you really get that neat. get that blue coming through. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like y'all just have this knowledge that they used to. Not, not it used to be called about. the spray paint method. Used to do with uh, not spray paint, uh, hairspray. Hairspray. Yeah. Hairspray. So yeah. I saw Locker do hairspray with uh, some hazard stripes, and it looked really really nice. Oh yeah, he he does good work. I yeah. I like him, man. I, I want to do the arrow, so I did. I did the two little triangles on mine, and I don't really like. The lines didn't come out as straight as I wanted to. And okay, I, like like the double-sided arrow horizontally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because uh, I was intimidated by the arrow, but yeah, I, I'm going to definitely... I just printed out a rhino, so I'm definitely going to have to put an arrow on that one. Well, there we go. We're just going to be <laughs> just feeding back into each other's stuff. I don't know if you want to check out this one, Michael. I got the, the Devastator symbol for my Seekers rhino that they stole from my Devastator squad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, I don't know if I want to do something over it. It's like they marked it or if it's just something they just like, hey, you guys aren't using that rhino. We're taking it. <laughs> you know what? You do is do what you got to do. But if you have a story to tell, I'm like, hey, <laughs> I know what you're looking at. <laughs> like, What's so funny is like you just hope your opponent knows what that means. And you're just like, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> That's not a Devastator squad. <laughs> I, I know you're, you're about to light me up on, uh, on Facebook. But this guy, this guy just... Doesn't know what he's doing. He's putting the wrong squad markings on his vehicles. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Some guy who like has a three color minimum army. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> sounds good, boss. Uh, sounds good. Uh, roll for initiative. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> roll hey, seize. I, I seized the initiative. Is that cool? <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I went down the... Like the orcs, they have all the symbols, you know, and I went down that rabbit hole. Oh, the different like clans and squads and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so like trying to figure out what they meant and try to, you know, put, you know, the right ones on what. And then I came to Space Marines. I was like, oh, it's going to be so much easier. And I opened up and I'm like. I mean, you say that. There's so many symbols. I'm like, God dang it. Here we go again. So back down the rabbit hole, finding out what each symbol means. So yeah. I just remember you're like, I'm going to play Ultramarines. It's like, that's badass. And I know what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to paint them with red heads, but don't do that. It means a totally different thing. <laughs> <laughs> it means a totally different thing in a horse heresy. <laughs> it's like throwing up the peace sign when you're in the UK. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> so, no, those look great, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's that's kind of what I've been doing, just trying to get those those in good shape. Because once, once I get those done, that, and I think some more transfer work on them, then I'll bust out and I'll just gloss coat everything and then just go to my next step. And that's... Kind of what I'm waiting on to batch paint the rest of my infantry, which need a bunch of detail work done on them. Yuck. But yeah, it's it's a lot, especially when you start doing like gold trim and you got Mark Three and you got Cataphracty and everything's just. And then gold doesn't want to cover, so you got to do multiple layers or put silver down first to do gold. I, I can I can show you my gold. My gold goes on good. Yeah, I just use a retributor armor. Okay, yeah, I use that over the like scale seventy five decayed metal. I think the Games Workshop equivalent right now is Castellax Bronze. Okay. Which yeah, is yeah, like, it's just a real brown metallic. Yep. And I just, I do that and then I like put in my highlights with the Retributor armor. Yeah, just like, just kind of like on in, the edges and stuff. Yeah, just to like imply some volume. Like the, the sides that are like facing the light, I, I like, I'll get the whole, pe- like that whole part and like taper it just to the edge or something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Locker have been helping me. He was he oh. told me to put some tan down, try tan, and then just try silver underneath. But, oh yeah, he he's been doing he's been going deep into like different different like uh, different studios styles. Like he'll follow a studio on Instagram and like look and see what they're doing and try to like paint up a model, kind of try to like see what they're doing in a style, kind of like doing a study on it, yep. and then taking stuff from that and applying it to his other works. Yeah, I I've really been enjoying that. About going to the shop is Locker is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to modeling and painting and stuff so i you know i ask him how's this paint and that's not so good try this one and it's like well for the effect you're going for yeah that would work but I, you might want to try this to be a little easier like, yeah. like it, it, i find this just goes on better yeah yeah he's been doing a deep dive into a bunch of stuff like that and i, I did my ultramarines because i think i could swing for best painted with it but knowing like if i'm doing this at an event locker's probably going to be there too so <laughs> i just gonna make sure that like you break his legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where'd your army go? Oh, we, <laughs> nah. Oh, they're all in pieces. I would. I would never. I, I no. It just. It's one of those things where it's like I want to make sure I do my best because one, I can't guarantee it's best painted at the event, but it can definitely be best painted on my desk. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and, and yeah, I just kind of want to like him. There's a couple other people that I'm like trying to like kind of cultivate almost like a rivalry where it's yeah. like, I want to see what they're doing and I want that to like push me to want to like do stuff. I was like, like the, the tactical marks on my, on my rhinos. Like I wasn't going to do that. And I'm like, no, if I'm going to go, I need to go. I need to, yeah, I need to swing push, for the fences with this. Start pushing for things that are out of your comfort zone, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why I just, I've been trying to do that as much as possible. Yeah, it, that, that's another cool thing about having a good group, having like a good shop where you can go hang out and stuff like that, where it's, you have access to different people who do different stuff and then you learn more, learn techniques you wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to. And then 
you know, people to make you push yourself. For sure. It's the, the community aspect to it. And then also, you know, you get to learn about what not to airbrush through your airbrush because it's toxic. Because <laughs> that, those, that's good knowledge to have. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you start messing with Tamiya stuff, uh, yeah, get, yeah. get you a respirator. <laughs> yeah, I learned about maybe, that. Maybe <laughs> don't let, let the pets outside. <laughs> I just remember, dude, I was... I was <laughs> <laughs> At one of my beta classes, I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I clean out with Windex. <laughs> I can't remember who, what beta class it was, but the the trainer was like, don't do that. <laughs> That's like extremely tough. I was like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just clean out with Windex. Windex works great. Don't do that. <laughs> so what? It's like it's very toxic. Do not do that. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, yeah. I watched. Michael and him play a Titanicus uh, game and his red Titans. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, that's beautiful. Oh. And dude, Locker, like, like, he's got the most gorgeous, like, re- like candy shell red and oh. gold Titanicus yep. models. And he's look, I was hanging him with the, like, and he's like, I need to repaint these. I'm like, wait, what, what are you, are we looking at the same models right now? <laughs> yeah, man. He's... Like, in what world do these need to be? Re- and he's like, no, no, no. It, I, I guess he learned something from the process that he needs to go and reapply step one. And, yeah, he learned it on the last model, and he's like, oh, this is, works really good, so you yeah. got to repaint. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like that, and that, that's what... He, he gets really good results. Yeah. It's God. been a blast talking to him. Oh, him yeah. and Bud at the shop have been really fun to talk to lately. Absolutely. God, we've been meaning to get a game of Titanicus in. This stuff keeps coming up, though. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I haven't I, even painted my Titanicus. I've been so focused on my Blood Angels. My Titanicus yeah, is still like... Oh, my my uh, my Maniple is two different Legios right now. Because I was like... When I started, I did Legio Furians. And they looked pretty good. And then I saw everybody else was doing them. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm kind of a hipster like that. Where it's like, I kind of want to do something different. I want to bring like diversity to the gaming space. But also, I want my stuff to look unique. And not like everybody else's stuff. Cause, you know, so... Sure. Uh, then I started looking. I'm like, dude, Lucius pattern stuff is rad. Oh, Legio Astorum is rad. I should do. I should print up some Lucius pattern stuff and paint up Legio Astorum. And so I kind of like halfway did that on a couple of them, and I hadn't transferred everything over yet. So that's what I'm saying, dude. Just... My maniple's a mess just because <laughs> I've I've been so I've been able to like focus on Titanicus just because other stuff keeps coming up, and it's like I've got too many projects, and so I need to like one by one. And right now, that one is the Ultramarines. The best. Yeah. <laughs> what's crazy is like uh, uh, 3D printers will just like keep your momentum going because like you know yeah, you can be like, yeah. print and like just there's gonna be a pile by, before long oh yeah that that was the so I don't know if you do, heard about my space wolves I did uh-uh. I oh I, I think I did actually in the span of like a month maybe a month and a half I printed and painted 120 yeah. space wolves infantry and so God like, bless your soul, because I know you went insane. Yeah, well, I also like got the uh, the like point oh five or point five millimeter like ink pens and like did not work on their shoulder pads. Yep. And I'm like, I got to get this 20, 20 man squad done because the next one will be off the plate in like twenty in like twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, the pile grows fast when you take a week off. Like I had, I, I work for the power company, so mm-hmm. I was doing substation testing and. You know, tired at the end of the day, and I really wanted to paint. Next thing I know, I got a pile of models that is just like look staring at me. I'm like, oh, time to go to work. Yeah, especially with multiple printers, like 
Dude. Oh, that's when it gets it's, nuts, yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> it's absolutely the worst. <laughs> Suffering from success. I remember when I was like, man, I have this Mono X6K. <laughs> that's way too much printer. Like, like, Yeah, like, he, he was like against it at the beginning. I, he was uh, like, what would I ever need more than my, my Mono? <laughs> See, my Mono is perfect. Like I, it's like, well, I'm never going to print that much stuff. And then it's like, what, I'm going to print like way more stuff than I can paint in time? And now it's like... Dude, I max that bill played out every <laughs> single time. Like, got like, a second job in there now. That's <laughs> pretty much it. Everything just nonstop going all the time. Yeah, uh, that's the best part about. I work from home, so you know, I, the printers never stop. There you go. I just, I take you know, ten minute break from work and swap bill plates out real quick, and we're good to go. <laughs> I hate it when you're sitting there and you know that that like. It's coming up. That, that, that like full as build plate is just completely full of models waiting for you. And like, it's like that print probably finished like an hour ago, but like, I don't want to put my, I don't want to glove up. And, I don't want to look at it right now. <laughs> I don't want to drain that vat. Like, I don't want to do any of that right now, but you got to. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things like discipline, focus, get it done. <laughs> And then when you find that failure, you're like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, dude, you just throw the gloves off. Momentum destroyed. It's like, I'll come back in two weeks and I'll start printing again. Dude, that was like that corrupted USB drive. It just like printed like oh, multiple no. layers in the middle. So I just had like these, it looked like a accordion of a print that happened. Oh, that's And I was sucks. just like, nope, nope, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave that for at least a week. Oh. <laughs> it's got to learn its lesson. <laughs> But yeah, man, that's kind of what I've been up to is just trying to get back on the horse with these guys. That's fucking great, dude. That's awesome. Uh, so and trying not to get too excited for potential future projects. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them under wraps, man. That's, that's, that's the plan. If I start talking about it, then it's, it's done. You made such a good point the other day when we were just like chilling. You're like, if I talk about it, I get the endorphins from talking about it. And yeah. So there was like some kind of study, I think, at some point that I'm horribly misquoting, but it's like if you have like something you want to do and it's like you're excited to do it, you've got this excitement building up and then you start telling people about it and they're like, oh, that's a really cool thing. Like you get that endorphin rush, but it's kind of like it has this effect of like it's stealing it from the the rush you would get when you do finish it. Yeah. So you're, it's kind of like your brain's kind of uh, satisfied already. Yeah, it's kind of like a uh, uh, delayed gratification situation where it's like, yep. you just the coolest thing you could do is just do it. Yeah. So I, I had some cool ideas, and hopefully I'll finish up this so I can get the ball rolling on that, and then you can hear more about that. I'm definitely a dopamine junkie, though. And Oh, God, yeah. I, I really... I post a lot of progress pics because I need those little fires and little check marks, you know, saying like, hey, good job, because that's what keeps me painting. Uh, I really yeah. enjoy having the discords to post yeah. stuff in. I, I get the same. Like, if I have a cool idea, I just I want to let it out. Yeah. No. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> that is exactly uh, like if you see me post a lot of pro- work in progress pictures, just like, no, I'm posting them to like Reddit and like. Oh, yeah. What's up? Oh, this falling. Yeah. Yeah. She's pushing it. She's being extremely extra today for whatever reason. <laughs> so, but no, no, I, I post them everywhere. Like, <laughs> like everybody sees my work in progress pictures. So, yeah. So, but yeah, man, what you been working on? Speaking of work in progress, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I have been, 
Um, diving pretty deep into my uh, Blood Angels tanks. Yeah, you have. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got the. Uh, uh, I don't, you you guys might have heard about this. Maybe. Uh, like so, so. So my my predators. Uh, got those in the arsons of all. They made the uh, the old school uh, sponsons. Yeah, the boxy sponsons. The boxy sponsons, and I freaking those love look, those things. Those look great. And so what I did was I I've got six predators in with six more on the way. By the way, and uh, I got three assembled. I got three with their boxy sponsons. I redesigned the inside turret to be magnetizable to fit like a three millimeter magnet inside of there because. Why not? Why not? Why drill them when you can just print them? Yeah. Yeah. I, I sent the new files to <laughs> Like, I was like, <laughs> by hey, the way, here you go. Here you go. You did good. Like, you, the, you did the brunt work. Here's the rest. <laughs> uh, and then I also did the, uh, uh, took my assault cannons, made them compatible with those sponsons so I can magnetize assault cannons. I printed up 24 of those assault cannons, 24 of those, uh, uh, last cannons. I printed up twelve of those sponson sides. If you're looking at that kit, that kit is that 3D print from Arsons of All is exceptional. It fits one for one in replacement of those old sides. The only thing that I was getting weird was, you know, sometimes whenever uh, you orient something straight uh, at an angle, sometimes the it bows a little bit. Yeah, I accidentally did that, and I was like, well. It's not a big enough problem because I can just pull the like you know how the the new plastic predator kits the like is a really skinny bottom you can just push the thing down and it fits and I'm like oh that's, that'll work I'm not gonna nobody's looking at my bottoms and if they are what's what, up what are you doing <laughs> you gonna buy them dinner first yeah <laughs> so you, you don't just flip your opponent's models like that what are you doing <laughs> so like, hey what's this what's this going on this little gap right here it's like you know what I don't even want to play you anymore hey, you, uh, <laughs> so you don't paint the bottom of your tanks huh get out of here beat it <laughs> you know what I'll forfeit that's fine <laughs> <laughs> I'll find somebody else to play with so but no I've been I've been like I got those going and like, I'm a huge, uh, they don't even make bottom <laughs> tanks anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> just empty. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. I started cutting uh, holes in the bottom of my tanks specifically <laughs> to get in line with new games workshop in, in solidarity with the new Rogel door. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, uh, I, I, I actually put these tanks together. It was one of those days where it was like, I took all last week off because there was a possibility I was going to, going to go to break. Adepticon and, <laughs> like, and, uh, uh, it was one of those things where just the amount of time I was away from home did not give me enough time to get my tanks to the standard. I would like to show them off. Like people have seen my pictures of my tanks where I did play with them against Josh, but like they are legitimately like, Two colors, like they are red and a dark gray. Yeah, but those two colors look dope. They pop. <laughs> I can shade, all right. I can shade, but it's like there, like there's so much more than like my armies would not have been ready for Adepticon. Then I would have gone to Adepticon, and I would have essentially like, like I, I tried to see if there was any like painting classes open or anything. There was nothing, so I was like, I can't. I'll just go to hang out. Like I could ride up there with Josh and Zach, but I'm just gonna be standing there and like I don't want to take my army. I'm not gonna be painting. It's not worth it, right? Just so had the whole week off doing assembling, doing painting, everything like that. I was kind of working on some stuff at our Discord. I was like, 
had a lot of time to like work on things for RFI. So got the, uh, uh, the painting, uh, the painting competition going. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, we kicked that off a few days early, uh, just cause I was off and <laughs> I want to start people starting seeing people's submissions. So got that going. Um, been doing the, ha- the hobby hangout. We've been doing that where I've just been working on my, my tanks been getting them nice and painted red. And like, there's a part where like, I can like batch paint all my reds and like get all that going. But then you have to like work on like individual tanks. Like you have to yeah, you start do that process fast. Like I can do the process where it's like, okay, black, like black base coat, white Zenithal. Like I'll do like six tanks, seven tanks at a time. And then it's like Mephestin red, brrr, like blast them all out. And then it's like, okay, bloody red, brrr, blast them all out. And then it gets to the, like the real, like the detail work, the gold, the gold the green, the like the greens. Once you switch switch from an airbrush to a regular brush that's when it's that's when things start happening that's usually when i put stuff down and come back in a couple days yeah yeah that's that's the moment i don't know i I have to get back in the mindset of things are going to go a little bit slower than airbrushing because yeah you can blow through some models you get spoiled with that airbrush real quick yeah yeah another thing i did do that is uh that you guys saw was so last week I went to Gupton's and got those Mark Six Marines. Powerful gold mine. Powerful gold mine games in great Richmond. Store. Yeah, great store. Um, I got those uh, Mark Six Marines, those those forty dudes. Uh, powerful Jake put those together for me. I hear him walking down the hallway right now. Shout out to Powerful Jake. What's up, Jake? Okay. <laughs> uh, he assembled those for me. Uh, I got uh, those blood angels like mark six heads and then the shoulder pads with filigree and all this stuff and like once again he put like all the grenades and all the pistols <laughs> and everything on them it says they got them they gotta have them <laughs> yeah they gotta have them and so uh uh I, I since i had time off since i was off i was like you know what i have not painted a single infantry squad for this blood angels <laughs> army let me do it and so i just i sat down i went to town and started painting gold filigree like crazy Started painting all of these like Marines, got them going. Uh, I had to order some bases because I'm not going to just give these dudes normal bases. Nah, so I went to <laughs> went to Dragon Forge, ordered some bases from him, uh, got those going, got their Rhino done. I've got another Rhino done, and one thing that I did see, and like one of the things that I did, you know, and, and I've talked about this before, is I'm a decent airbrusher. But, like, as far as, like, brush painter, I'm, like, amateur level. Like, I'm not a great br- I'm not a great brush painter. I think uh, you're a little underselling yourself. <laughs> well, like, I, I, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at. Like, you know. It comes I, out really, really good. But okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, I've seen what people can do, right? Uh, so, so, in the process of, like, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of kick-started this, like, uh, uh, this competition within the discord for like some of these people coming and we've talked about how there's individuals in our discord that are like just these advanced painters yep. and models. one of those advanced painters is uh, BB miniatures mm-hmm. and this guy he's like he posts up like this work in progress he's doing of horse ascended or like oh. jet bikes and he's just this advanced like golden demon level like painter right yep. And so I straight up asked him, I was like, 
bro. I was like, <laughs> do you offer classes? Because like classes are the most like kickstart your way into like getting going. Oh yeah. Yes. If if you like have issues with motivation, take a painting class. You'll come back from it and you'll paint everything on your desk. Yes. Yeah. You just want to use the new techniques and yeah. Yeah. It, like it's the easiest way to get pumped for painting. Yeah. So so I you know I go through I knock out these ten dudes I I I. I talk with BB and he's like, he's like, Hey, uh, by the way, um, I have, I don't have a Patreon, but I do have a, uh, uh, I do have a, like a Patreon like thing where I teach people classes and it was like a 1999 a month. Uh, but he offers essentially just like, what, what are they called? Where it's like the, uh, it's the, classes that you can take like the master, oh, class. master classes yeah. yeah it's like he offers this like master class service and you get like into his special discord and you also get access to like all of these videos where he's like guiding you through like this is how you blend and all this stuff and like i i know it's like everybody knows how to blend like everybody knows like but i'm not patient enough to blend because i don't fully understand like a lot of the stuff like and so I was like, this is exactly what I need. It's called the Pro Palette. And uh, uh, just go look up BB Miniatures, the Pro Palette. You'll find it on on uh, on the old interwebs. And it's just this entire library of, like, the basics. Fun, like, he has, like, a whole fundamentals class where, like, you go through these fundamentals, like, fundamentals blending, fundamentals face painting, and just, like, everything you need to nerf for, like, for, like brush painting. And, yeah. like... When I say fundamentals, he's like, this is what we call the charge of the paintbrush. Like, this is how much paint your brush holds. This is the charge of it. This is what level you need to thin your paints to. This is where you find out if your paints are thin enough. This is this is too transparent. This is too opaque. This is perfect. You have to test in your hand. Like, he goes through... So, like, the mechanics of what is physically happening with the paint. Exactly. And that's <laughs> what I have to have. Yeah. Like, I... Like, I am probably one of the, like, because I get impatient, so, like, I'm one of the worst, like, let me glob it on and then spread that glob out enough to where, <laughs> like, it covers. For the water. And, and then, like, it yeah, and then it's like, okay, let me pull some of that glob off. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, like, you know, like, I get bad with it. And, like, so going into these videos and, like, seeing some of this stuff, you're like, okay, like, because I know you're supposed to have a wet palette. I know that like everybody talks about these like red sable brushes that are like amazing, but it's like, I don't know why they're amazing. Like I just know they're, you know, they keep a point neato. I, I, I got like, one and the point is nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, but then he's like, he explains like, okay, well like this is like you pick a brush. This is how you use the brush. This is like, like why are good brushes good? And like, it explains like, okay, look like no matter what he's doing, like it's following. And then it's like, you know, it keeps a certain amount of charge. And then like, how long does it take for like the tip to dry? And like, it's just like all these different like fundamentals. Like this is why good stuff is good. This is why bad stuff is bad. And it like explains like, you know, everybody says thin your paints, thin your paints, thin your paints. Like, well, why am I thinning my paints? Like, cause I can get like just as good as a paint on. It doesn't look horrible. It's like, okay, well, it's like, look, you need to understand that when you're doing these transitions, these are going to look extremely harsh when you first do them. But as soon as they dry, they're going to muddle out. They're going to look a lot less harsh and shows you all the different processes of his, like his, his shading, his, uh, his, uh, blending together, especially when it comes to faces and stuff like that. 
like everything he does is like it's a process and like why that's process like like he shows you the before and the after of like why you're doing stuff like as he's doing it it's really cool because i was just explaining to somebody at the shop you know the thin your paints is like what you hear that's like the first word of advice that you hear when you come to brush painting and you know a lot of us go to the internet and it's always one part paint, one part water. And I found that that's not the case on no. a lot of paints because paints have different viscosities or oh. have different mediums in it. So I really in, am interested into that class because it'll show you like what your paint's supposed to look like, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He shows you like, you, like you, like basically, like he wears a glove, but like you can test it like right here. Yep. And like basically, like he shows you like even on like a piece of paper, he's like, look, he's like, this is the level that you, your paint should be thinned at. He goes, but your paintbrush holds so much charge. He's like, watch. And like, basically he like does a uninterrupted line throughout the entire like palette. Like it can just draw this like infinite line, like an ink pen. Yep. And like, that's what you're supposed to get. He's like, it's like, look, this is too little. Like this is too little water. And essentially it's like, it breaks up a bunch and it's like, this is wrong. Gotcha. It's like, but this, it, it, it it's, it's the fundamental side. And that was like one of the biggest things I saw with like YouTube. Cause like I was in YouTube, like advanced painting techniques in YouTube. It's like 10 things you need to know why I, why I, uh, uh, prime black. <laughs> it's like <laughs> contrast paints. It's like, no, I'm not looking for this. I'm looking yeah. for these advanced techniques, these secret techniques that like golden demon <laughs> users are using. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely interested in that for like character models and stuff. Yes. Like that. Um, cause I like, I entered, the painting contest and yeah i'm gonna do some deep research to you know do i want my character to look good but like I, when i started with orcs i was doing that on every model and the amount of time that that takes Oof. is incredibly long yeah no that is that is it's a it's a big reason why you know this like we did this contest was to kind of motivate everybody to step their game up i like obviously i'm extremely uh uh I guess like it benefits me quite a bit because like it's like I want to up my paint game. Let me see if I can get everybody else to do it with me, <laughs> so like we can all do it together and I'm, I stay motivated, yeah, right? That's really cool. So, uh, uh, but definitely like there's there's a lot of like especially when it comes to, like a character model. It's like like you don't even have to like that was one of the big things. Like you know we have this like the, by the way for everybody listening, the winner of this month's painting competition was a character model. We, yes. we didn't that was it was still up in the air last week yeah so, we started early so we just I think yeah character was winning by like a handful of votes it was like I think we I think we can call this here yeah so so the the, the topic of this year's painting competition this is month. this month sorry yeah this month is a character model and so like that's one of the things is like you're just gonna put in a character model and like it could be your master signal it can be you know somebody special it can be Nobody even related to your legion, right? You can just like, I want to paint a Death Guard model. I want to paint yeah. this. So like, it lets you get out of your, you know, monotony of getting stuff ready to play. To like, I'm going to paint this for this competition the best I can yeah. to challenge me, so I can see what level I can get to. Yeah, for some people that's like a good. Okay, I need something else to paint. I need, like I'm getting tired of painting these guys. I need uh, something different. Yeah, but for other people. If you have a bunch of dudes to paint and one of them happens to be a character, go him. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah, it actually worked out for me. Uh, I've been saving my characters because I've been trying to batch paint as much as possible. So I have a shelf full of characters that I need to paint, and I was like, you know, who Gil better, Gilly? Who better? You know, <laughs> <laughs> who else to put up there? And uh, yeah, I'm, I might put my Praetor up there too because 
just to have you know push me to do multiple models and this month might be mostly in my characters that I'm painting. Good job avoiding the usual trap of starting with the character or starting with the model you're most excited for and then having the least experience because it's the first one you're doing. And then you hate it at the end because you've gained all the experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you got to start with the boring guys and then take everything like, like everything you learn like, oh, the paint scheme I thought wasn't going to work the way I thought it was. Yep. Good thing I don't have to repaint my Primark. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Except I did mess up on Gilliman. Oh, yeah. No. yeah, he's got the super base. Yeah, he's got he's got the super base. Oh, you glued him to his like display base. Yeah, the the resin was a little gappy with the when you put the the display base and the playable base in. So I was like, I'm gonna gap fill that. So I gap filled it. So he's got to walk around with his mega base now. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. I mean, you always take a a whole saw and come from the bottom. And <laughs> get him free. It's a perfect circle. Looney <laughs> Tunes like. With the, <laughs> yeah but oh man i mean i don't expect to take him to a, a tournament or anything so it's gonna be shot I mean, play or you know fun even play. then if you're like hey so i goofed when i built him yeah everybody i, I think you're, they're probably gonna be cool about it yeah everybody at the shop is like yeah don't i don't even worry about it's it. it's gonna be all right but only if it looks really cool <laughs> yeah we're, exactly. gonna, we're gonna be in like war zone mega battle <laughs> i'm like hey just to time out Across the table down there. That Gilman's base is way too big. <laughs> Get him out of here. He's got way he's in co- he's in coherence with way too many guys right now. Get him out. Let's go and get that let's get that Primark out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> One Primark down solely on a, <laughs> solely solely on semantics. Yeah. Gilliman would have it no other way. And we'll take those victory points. Exactly. <laughs> Gilliman would be like, You're right. I am. No, I gotta leave. <laughs> rules is rules. Uh-oh. I'm right back to the button pushing. <laughs> we're good. We're good. So, yeah. So, that is... Uh, uh, so, yeah. I've been uh, I've been working on that, like, doing that level of painting, like, trying to get at that... Uh, <sighs> trying to up my painting game. Uh, so, I reached out to there. I was extremely happy that it was, like, that easy at the kind of the time I needed it. So, so it worked out pretty well. Um, as far as, like, the character I'm going with, um, I did some, well, I, I, I'm getting, like, I ordered the Zephin, uh, Dominion Zephin. Yeah. Who is, like, in this, like, Mark Six armor, like, <laughs> jump pack guy. And then, like, I typed in, like, Dominion Zephin to, like, see what he's about. Like, because I didn't know, I think I really didn't know anything about this dude. Yeah. A lot of people felt a lot of ways about that model when it came out based on... Like how he's described in the books. Yeah, yeah. Apparently that was a problem, and so like, uh, like I, his prosthetics are like on the wrong side or something. Well, he's in the wrong armor. Like, okay, and and this is all stuff that like I learned from uh, the Outer Circle. Like, I listened to like <laughs> Maka's rant on it, and like yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. And and then so like I started like looking into uh, what made everybody so mad about it, and I was like, well, that's fine. I'll just make my own Dominion's Effin. And uh, that is what I'm going to enter, like, character model. And I'll just make him, Hell like, yeah. in, in Mark III armor. I found this a badass uh, Mark III <laughs> jump pack. Like, it's it's good. It's chonky. It's a chonky jump pack. Thick. It looks like the Mark IV. <laughs> it's got tubes all over it. It's like it. the Mark IV with just, like, the, some extra little lift to it. <laughs> yeah, like, it's got to lift that heavy Mark III armor. And so, uh, you know, it's just all a matter of, like, getting that bad boy on there. And then I found, like... Pretty much every prosthetic uh, uh, 
arms and legs that you can find on Colts for a uh, Mark III armor person and just like assemble like, like the only bit of plastic, the only part of like a real man <laughs> inside this model is his torso, which is like, uh, which is perfect because that's that's all he like really is like space marine wise. And so like, <laughs> like well, he, we're, we're out of dreadnoughts, bud. So uh, you got to keep on going until we find one. <laughs> yeah. Just just for you listeners out there that don't know the this, this story behind Zephin, because I know I didn't and like, you know, I'm I a blood angels know. player. So like this dude was a blood angel who just got absolutely demolished, like both <laughs> arms jacked his uh, entire left leg up to like the thigh is like fucked up, gone. His like from the knee down on his right leg, fucked up, gone. Oh, so he got like Anakin Skywalker. He got yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's exactly. Anakin Skywalker. Exactly what I was picturing in my head. That's great. And then like, uh, like the uh, the blood angels, like like VA equivalent, was like, let's put them back together, boys. And they like went into the junk drawer and they just like grabbed like a bunch of like toys and stuff and like stuff that like made gear noises. And they're like, yeah, just see if that works. And so they assembled him. So he has like all this like really like low tech like. Uh, uh, like an erector kid. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah Lincoln like Logs. There's a slinky in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just the worst level of augmentics that you could get. Like, it's just like bad. Like, it's, it's very not good. It's, so, it's impressive for the materials they had. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, like, the apothecaries are like, yeah, you should be good. You know, we'll put them back together. And, and, like, he can't fight. Like, he can't really, like, He's not, he can't really fight that well anymore. And so they're like, oh, well, you know what? We're going to go ahead and send you to the Crusader host, which is like, it's supposed to be like this really like honorable position because they send you to Terra. And it's like, oh, you're going to work for Terra. It's like, you know, like when a state trooper goes to go work at the Capitol, yeah. it's like the Kush job because nobody's going to come to the Capitol. Like, that's like going to Terra. <laughs> like, it's like no, nothing's going to go down. You should be fine. And so, but, but he's like a warrior. So to him, it reads the same as you've been promoted to customer. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like, it's like super lame. Like he's like, you know, every day he's got to go visit the snack machine and like, you know, like get disrespected <laughs> by that thing. And, Punch it. You know, like, like I bet that like the years that, uh, that Zephin was like, <laughs> in like the imagine like like a, a space marine with like full log medics like doing paperwork and stuff because <laughs> like nothing's <laughs> happening, like it's just. I bet you could like do a full comic strip of like like office level like comic strip of like this what this guy had to do during that time. With all his robotic like, arms that don't work and shit, like trying to pick up pins. Everybody's like super nice to him because he's like you know full-on, like, disability <laughs> disabled. I'm just picturing a cross between, like, Office Space and Dilbert. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> God, he just spills his coffee. Like, Brother, <laughs> when you go into the crusade, does anybody ever tell you it sounds like you have a case of the Mondays? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Zephin. <laughs> I do believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so Zephin gets sent to Terra, and, like, he's, like, just, like, you know, more metal than man and uh uh then you know they find out like horus has betrayed the emperor they're coming to terror all this stuff and they're like hey dude we gotta get ready because it's about to get fucking wild right yep. and so like he makes friends with this uh like fabricator called a uh, ash Ar- arkin land arkin land he's like a the arkin land the arkin land who discovered the 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 raider and the speeder that they named after him the land raider <laughs> yeah the land speeder. exactly that arkin land so, so Arkin land is dope as fuck. <laughs> so yeah, no, he's like chilling with Arkin and like, he's like, you know, doing paperwork with Arkin. <laughs> like, and it's like, and Arkin's like, 
Hey, bro, those legs looking kind of weak. <laughs> What's up with that arm? Is they meant to be rattling like that? Yeah, do they, do those always make that noise. Or he's like, yeah, no, that's cool. It's, it's like, well, it's funny because like actually in the book, uh, it says like, like Arkin asks him like three times because he's like he doesn't understand. Like he's like he's like, are those augmentics making noise? It's like. And he probably not heard me. Are those augmentics making noise? Are they, <laughs> do they hurt? Like, it's like he asked him like three times and, and finally Zephyr's like, oh, what? I'm sorry. What? Oh yeah, no, they're fine. <laughs> it's like, he's like, you should probably get those fixed. You want me to fix those for you? And he's like, what? He's, you want me to fix them? I'll fix them. He's like, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. I've got like the best fabricator in the world right here in front of me. He's like, yeah, I'll do something. And this dude wakes up with like full on, like, you know, uh, Iron Man, three like bio suit it's got like the, the supreme decals all over it <laughs> yeah. he's got the drip Arkans lands like you know what yeah i gave you a little upgrade in there so stuff that i think you'll like <laughs> he's got like you know uh, uh laser fingers and shit like that just like so he gets upgraded and he's like he's like yeah boy i upgraded you he's like hey by the way can i talk to your dad <laughs> he's like he's like what he's like yeah can i can you give me a a meeting with Sanguinus. It's like, did you upgrade me to bribe me to talk to Sanguinus? It's like, yeah. He goes, Oh, I thought it's like, I could have got you a meeting with Sanguinus. Like I thought we were friends. He's like, Oh, that's cool. You thought that <laughs> like, he's like, he's, like, he's so like, 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 I don't just sandbags it. Yeah, he's like, friends don't compute. <laughs> I did you favor. Please do me a favor. <laughs> so anyway, so that being said, that is that is the story of Zephyr. Uh, I am working on the uh, Mark III version of Zephyr because he was in Mark III armor. And then uh, what's weird is like he was in Mark III armor, he got upgraded, and then the next time you hear from him, because he does the war on the webway and stuff like that, Yeah. the next time you hear from him, which is like a while, he's like a sanguinary guard. So I think there was some area, I don't know a lot about him, but I think there was some area in there where he would have been like the actual like model that they posted up. But either way, I'm gonna. I modeled up a uh, a Mark III uh, Dominion Zephyr. It looks dope. Yeah, he's he's gonna be fun to paint. I'm so, a big fan of the Mark III armor. Oh yeah, especially because it's gonna be like a lot of uh, like all this is gonna be red. That's gonna be metal, metal, gold, red, gold. Like it's gonna be a whole bunch of colors going on there. Yeah, only Just a, a playground of color. Only reason why I went away from the Mark Threes is because the amount of gold that you have to paint compared to some of the other marks. It's just like it's a lot. This is taking a lot of time. There's a lot you can do with it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That was a a, when I started gluing on all of the shoulder the shoulder pads for the uh, Mark Six, and you just look at all the filigrees and you're like filigrees, filigrees, filigrees. No, no, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. (laughs) Like you can stop now. You can just glue on the blank. Just glue on the blank ones. It's like, no, 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 no. But I'm glad I did because filigrees painted are a uh, chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. And they are uh, way nice. It's your I, character. So it's a good model to put them on. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that is, that's essentially what I've been working on. That is my hobby progress. Uh, tanks and infantry. And now I'm going to, like, Zephyr's glued and I'm going to paint him up. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to do for this because either I've got to f- just pick a character and paint something else or I've got to like strip down my Master Signal for my Ultramarines. Are you happy with the way he's painted? I mean, he's not done, but 
<laughs> Try again. <laughs> I, I guess is now a good time to go into the rules of this particular competition, or yeah, yeah, we may as well. Is it a good segue. Yeah, let's 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 uh, let's talk about this. So the way we've got it formatted is there's a channel on our Discord, and uh, we'll be accepting submissions. I believe till the end of April. Yeah, you have every day in April to submit to to enter this competition. So to enter the competition, you have to supply a photo of the miniature completely unpainted. Yes. Oh no, you can be primed. Or, or you can be primed. primed. Yeah. yeah. Along with a uh, a card with like the, does it need the date on it? Or does it needs it- the date that you're entering it. It needs the code word for the month, which this month is Garo. Yes, sir. And then uh, you also need to put your username or your own name in there. That way, you know we know it's you and yeah. all that jazz. So that's the, the code word is to prevent you from just snapping a picture of a guy working on him until that particular unit type comes up in the painting competition. Like, oh, here's the thing I painted in like a week and a half. And it, you actually had like six months to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we have the we don't announce the code word until we pick what the uh, what the yeah. the the type of unit that you're going to be painting this month is. So, yeah. So because he's already got like blue on him, I put a few uh, transfers on him. Uh, I would need to completely either just prime over it or strip him down if I want to enter that particular model. So yeah, we already told Dan no. So with the Sons of Horus, he like uh, oh, yeah, he had the green one. He had the green. It was, it was a, the rules is the rules. Sorry, Danny. Dang. Well, if it makes you feel better. The, the rules affect me same as they affect you. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not alone in that boat. But yeah, I, I'll have to figure something out. So. Yeah. Uh, what are we competing for other than internet clout? Uh, so the, obviously the internet cloud is there. Uh, so there is a $50 prize on the table that will go towards your, uh, local, your friendly local, uh, gaming store. Nice. Uh, I will work it out with them to get you a, uh, a $50 credit with them. I'll, you know, I'll get it taken care of. And, uh, if that doesn't work out or you don't have a local gaming store or someone's weird's there, I'll just like, we'll get you a $50 well, yeah. gift card, we'll, Visa we'll gift card out. somewhere. No, don't you worry. We'll get you 50 bucks. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you get your damn money. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So if you know, I, I, I did say that if we get big enough, I will bring a second and third place into this. Uh, things are starting to move and it's looking like we might be moving to that direction. So, uh, the Discord has grown a lot. Yeah, Discord oh, yeah. has blown up. It's been popping off. If you're not there, you need to be there. Everybody's been getting these cameras too. So like, <laughs> <laughs> hobby night is ridiculous. And like, I can't wait until oh, yeah. like we're all in there with these like new cameras. Because like, once I see somebody <laughs> pop one up, like show me their desk, like I could like just like, you know, when you you paint a bunch and you like you take that second to like lean back and you're like, oh, now I just need a break. Yeah, and then like you just like look at somebody else's camera painting. You're like, oh, that looks badass you know it's like i found myself looking at your camera more than painting the other night when i was i was like you were painting like the green eyes and stuff and i was like man that's popping like that looks really really good and i was like i need to paint i need to paint. <laughs> oh, oh, oh oh goodness goodness yeah i need to pick one of those up my issue is when i paint i typically like have my wrists touching each other and i've got my arms tucked in so i'm like pressed against my chest yep and yep. i'd be like lean back and just completely out of camera i, yeah. I can already tell like it, it, it would take me a while to get used to that yeah i'm I'm thinking about the same thing because I like to lean over my desk and I feel like my head just oh, going to so be you're like, you're going to see my back hair or something. Yeah. Oh, y'all haven't seen my setup yet then? No. Oh, just wait. Just wait. Because it'll work for both of y'all. Okay. okay both cool. of the ways that y'all think that y'all paint that's weird, you can set that camera up to work both ways for you. Cool, cool, cool. 
Like people can be looking at your dick all day if you want. <laughs> like if you're leaning back and you got a painting, they can just look at the model and your crotch. <laughs> I like, will be tuning in. I, <laughs> yes. I don't know how to feel about that. I think a lot of listeners I, would like to see that. <laughs> I, I mean, Jack and Duncan, yeah. <laughs> you might even have to start your own Patreon. <laughs> I, I might have to start a couple of things. <laughs> so, but yeah, I know. So uh, uh, this month is character. Uh, we do have the submissions. that we, Submissions are open right now for the work in progress. You can submit those as, as many submissions as you want. A lot of people have asked, uh, does it have to be specifically heresy? Uh, the answer is no. Just keep in mind, this is a heresy podcast, it's a heresy discord. So if you come in hard and you paint the best kink we've ever seen, there's a possibility you're going to win. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just, you might be at a disadvantage because yeah, the, the, the judging is by popular vote. Yes. So if that affects somebody's vote, that's that's all there is to it. But I, I like to think we can be impartial. I dude, I, if I if if I can respect a good paint job. If Garza's skink came up, like, oh, dude, if, yeah, if Gavin Garza joins our Patreon, or joins our Discord, <laughs> and paints and like just just a skeleton that blows yeah. my mind, is like, oh, well, I can't not vote for this skeleton, this yeah, character skeleton. I saw the big model was one of the the choices, and I was like, man, if that wins, and I've already painted my orc, I'm gonna be so mad because yeah, my orc would have definitely been the big model I wanted yeah. to submit. Do do we need to like? define like what constitutes some of these categories or are we just going to kind of like, I don't know. I think it's like, it's, I think it's easier just to let them like be open. Cause like even you people like, when you see it. Yeah. People were like, Oh, well what about my Sergeant? Can I, can I do a Sergeant? I like, yeah, your Sergeant's going to be right there next to Rogel Dorn or like next to yeah. Rubute Gilliman. Yeah. Yeah, sure. If you want to bring your Sergeant in here, that's technically a character, but just know what you're doing. <laughs> like it better be the best day of Sergeant. Well, like when we get to big model, like what's a big model as big as you want, baby. If you could paint in a month, <laughs> you deserve to have it on there. Oh, I don't know if you know how long it took. Well, okay, but okay, never mind. I was gonna say the War Master, but that that was a team effort. Hey, there's man, a, if a you few of us working on that, if you want to get a War Master painted up in a month for got, fifty dollars, <laughs> more power I, to you, baby. Can we can we split that credit with the team? Or? <laughs> <laughs> It came out so sick, though. Uh, don't look too close at it, though. There's some spot. Warmaster uh, Titan for fifty bucks. Dude, <laughs> I, I love seeing the photos from the the big mega battle at Adepticon, and people commenting like, "Is that a full size Warmaster? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> You're like, "Yeah, sure is. Good luck." Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> you damn right. Did the the pictures that they were getting from like the bottom angle, like looking up at the Titans, were yeah. like so dope. Oh yeah, like seeing I, the point of view from the troops and stuff. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about how that event went. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear more stuff about that. I think what we'll probably end up doing in that case is have uh, uh, some people who went on next podcast to to kind of give us a breakdown of what happened. I saw Josh left with a medal, so yeah, yeah. pretty excited about that to hear. You know, I think it was best trader or something like that. I heard he went ham with the because he took the the infamous uh, dual flamestorm warhound up there. Yeah, the one we've been hyping up. Yeah, uh, he did pretty good. Yeah, he's got some some data on how that thing works. Apparently, John Christensen was like, nah, like, <laughs> I know what that thing is. It's like, I listen to the same podcast you do. No, no, no. Not on this table, man. All guns that way. <laughs> uh, so that that went down. Uh, Chris was sending his pictures. He fought against uh, a Cabanda yeah. Unbound or Cabanda yeah. Bound, Bound Cabanda. I'm glad we looked at it when we did because it's like, hey, everybody be aware. This is a thing and you're, you're probably going to see it. Yeah, it was... Uh, 
He said, he, I think he got him down to three wounds, but I don't think he actually killed him. And He's a monster, man. <laughs> he was doing work in those pictures. <laughs> as, you, as you suspect. But we'll get more breakdown next week on the people that were actually died at Adepticon. Get yeah. somebody in here with it. Yeah, let everybody kind of decompress a little bit. And... Before shoving a mic in their face and saying, tell us. <laughs> so. But uh, speaking of Adepticon. Yeah, what happened at Adepticon? I heard well, some stuff went down. So I heard they're showing some stuff off. They absolutely did. So I so add so if you didn't know if you haven't been following with Adepticon or you just been doing other stuff, uh, Adepticon had a late night, uh, three a.m. if you were in the UK and eleven p.m. if you were in the states. It was I don't know why they I don't know why they did that, but either way, I guess that was the time slot they had. Yeah. So <laughs> so they Twitch streamed on their Warhammer community uh, on Friday, right? It was Friday or Thursday. Oh, I think it was Friday. Yeah, it's Friday night. Friday night. And uh, essentially they said, look, these are all of the stuff that we would like to like sneak peek and announce. They basically had a games workshop sneak peek. And a lot of it was Age of Sigmar. There was like a lot of like the Age of Sigmar cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did like a lot of Lizardman stuff. Uh, the... Um, There's some new characters for some of their undead factions. Yeah, the undead stuff. Um a bunch of stuff that looked cool that I didn't know what I was looking at because I don't really follow Sigmar personally. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's basically where I am. Like, I don't need another game to get into, but all the models look cool. That's all. Yeah, the people who are into it, like they're into it, and a lot of it looks cool. I just I don't know nothing about it. I, I knew a little bit about the like the the Warhammer Fantasy, the the old world, I guess. Yeah, and all that went away with Sigmar, and it's like they look cool. I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> I don't know who the Michael guy was there that was the announcer. But I would love to have that guy on the podcast. I would absolutely <laughs> oh, yeah. lo- like that. It was so fucking funny to me. He was because was, they were like talking about they're like, oh yeah, this is Age of Sigmar cities, and this is like basically you have like these like townsfolk who they just like give armor to and shields. Yeah, it's, like, it's like town guards. <laughs> yeah, level. it's like it's like this is a town guard. He's like these are the guys that you know they just they shield them up, they work on them, and the next thing you know they got to fight like a flying shark. <laughs> so it's like that guy, that guy gets it. That guy gets it. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, he, he knew his audience, <laughs> dude. It was so funny. Like I was like, this guy's killing it. Uh, so they announced that they announced like the city guard and all that jazz. Um, one of the huge announcements was uh, Lionel Johnson for 40k. They announced him. Yep. Which was, uh, I mean, like it was a moment, dude. It was like a monumental, like yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people have been like speculating that this was going to happen for a very long time. Some people claim to have leaks that this was going to happen. I mean, th- this has been a very a much anticipated release for 40k. Tywin Lannister, I kept calling him Lywin Janister because, <laughs> like, aka, yeah. like, they, you could tell that model is very much based off of yeah a very specific actor. Uh, it's old man lion. Like this dude's been just asleep for like 10,000 years. Hey, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I bet we're going to get a book talking about what he was actually up to. What do you think he was doing? Speculating. I, I are we just going to start wildly speculating? Yeah. Or? What do you think he was doing for 10,000 years? Hell, slinging. <laughs> <laughs> just repopulate baby. Slinging period. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> then he got tired. He just comes back. He's like, What's up guys? I just, My dick hey, don't bro. work no more. <laughs> hey bro. <laughs> No, nah, I was <laughs> I was talking to Michael's like we need to work on something where it's like he comes back and says, Oh, you better hide your Eldar, Lions in town. And then Gilman's like, You better hide that big ass forehead. <laughs> For real. Uh 
But yeah, a lot of people are hype about that and what that could mean for 40K if we see more 40K Primarchs. As far as how that relates back to Heresy, I guess decide how you feel about somebody's going to want to use that model in 30K. I don't personally think I would be opposed to that if you prefer that to his 30K sculpts. No, his 30K model is way better. Like his, it's got like that heavy modeled like Mark II style armor with like all the plates. I'm I'm gonna prefer the Heresy model every day, but I'm just saying if you're gonna bring your plastic lion to Heresy, put in some effort. Try to make it not like don't like either magnetize it or don't put the shield on them. Like like you know, meet your opponent halfway a little bit. Put the helmet on. Keep the helmet on. Yeah, you you don't only see old man. Old man. <laughs> He's got like four different heads in that kit. He's got helmeted, unhelmeted, and then both with cloak. Like Did you see the, the cloak where they put the, the, <laughs> they put the, the wings? Ear, the wings with the cloak <laughs> in it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to cloak dude, up, baby. The, dude, the wings fold down so he can put his cloak up. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> He's, like, oh. He's like, hold on. I've got to go sneaky. He's like 10 foot tall superhuman. He takes his ears off and puts his cloak on. Like what? Nah, he's, he's got a button like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, he took that from the Night Lords. Yeah. They got the same tech. I don't get it. Why would a like 10 foot superhuman need a, a hood? Because hood? it looks cool. Just so you don't know which Primark you're looking at. I was like, I was a little chilly inside of my completely vacuum suit. Like, like, yeah, let me put this in my pressurized suit. Dark Angels have been putting hoods over their helmets since fourth edition. I guess I never thought about it till now. It's how it's it's aesthetic. It's it's the aesthetic at this point. (laughs) I I did like the model. Like it it did look cool to me. Yeah, I I think it's a good looking model. Somebody coming from the outside that. I, didn't, I mean, I, I know nothing about him, honestly. And uh, I, just, I saw the model. Yeah. I was like, I would paint it. I would yeah. love to paint I, it. I play Space Wolves, so I got to make fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, see, the thing is, well, like, so, well, if, like, if you're a Space Marine next to other Space Marines, you're like, oh, man, I really don't want people to know I'm this Space Marine. Put your hood up, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, but, like, if you're the, a Primark, you're 10 foot tall. You're like, oh, shit, that's, is that Kyle? <laughs> Put your hood up. He's like, hey, hey, what's up, Lion? Fuck! Alpha Legion have been doing it this whole time, all right? Yeah, but they're like the same size. You keep a Primark. It's like, is that Rebute or is that Lion? Shit. <laughs> Maybe he's. Hood up, hood up. Maybe oh, his yes. armor is all like Hulkbuster. Maybe it's just big armor. I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. Why would. But he's in the armor. He's wearing the armor. Like, why would you need a hood? I don't know, man. It didn't bother me till just now. I'm just not <laughs> thinking is, about it. Why is everything got to be covered in skulls? Why is what you know? It's, it, it's some things you just got to let it go for the aesthetic. <laughs> it's just aesthetic at this point. I'm gonna talk to Michael later on this week, and he, he's gonna be like that damn hood, dude. <laughs> like gonna be, stuff sticks with this he's, man. He's gonna have a cork board. Hey, I like, say it. I say it on this podcast, and then like I'll get an IM in like three or four days. I'm like, bro, I feel you on that hood. <laughs> Someone's like, I didn't even know you were a listener, guy. <laughs> Who, who are you? Like one of the like writers. <laughs> He's like, I, I know, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Andy Hoare. <laughs> like, like Dan Abnett. Yeah. Like, that always bothered me. I get you. Gav. <laughs> I never once wrote that they had hoods. <laughs> but yeah, they announced Lion. Uh, they announced some new Terminators. They did a... So I was talking to you actually... Or no, I was talking to uh, another friend of ours. Because like he had just saw the line announcement, he knew I was going to hear about it, and so he's telling me about it. 
and they're playing this new, they, they got like a new promo animation that's got uh, Space Marines versus Tyranids. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was telling them like, dude, they just, like, a, a teleport homer gets shot out of like, I don't know if it's out of orbit or somebody throws it down, but it's like this rod hits and then it opens up into like the beacon and then it shoots out four chains into the ground. Yeah. Like to anchor it. And then just Indominus pattern Terminators teleport in. I'm like, yo, <laughs> they're still doing Indominus Terminators. How about that? Yeah. And then after that, they're like, oh, by the way, we got a new kit for Terminators. Uh, they're a little bit bigger because Terminator armor can handle a Primaris. I like who was ever doing that animation, like remembered what uh, uh, like beacons were, those beacons, those uh, teleport homers. Yeah, because the plastic Terminator kit forever came with a little teleport homer. Yeah, like, they're like, well, yeah, let's keep that going. This That's is exactly cool. what it looks like, a skull with a little red beacon on top of it, like an old yeah. like 1950. 1950- 70s and like that's some cool <laughs> fluff for deep striking terminators no they shoot this beacon and that's where they hit yeah and then they they teleport exactly where that spot is it's like a portal gun <laughs> yeah pretty much so, so everybody was real excited to see that so it, a, a lot of people are like speculating on that like whether we're going to see the primaris range and the firstborn range just kind of like merge over time to where eventually there's not a distinction well, they said specifically a Primaris Marine and a regular Marine, like the old school, the firstborn. firstborn, can both go inside of that Indominus armor. Yeah, it's just that bulky and, like, it's just that ubiquitous. And, and something to consider, you know... Because uh, even in Heresy Fluff, they've got Marines of different sizes, and a lot of times it's like, well, we just got to stick this dude in Terminator armor, I guess. Yeah. They did that with, uh, I think, Badab War. I think it was the Tyberos the Red Wake. Yeah, Red Wake, he had to be in Terminator armor. Yeah, just because, like, how big that dude was. There was a Couldn't Space Wolf that had to be in Terminator one. armor. Uh, in the... Was it? the It was, like, the Bad Batch of Space Wolves, remember? Oh, the, the Cursed Founding? The, yeah. The, the Wolf Brothers? Yeah, they had that one, uh, uh, <laughs> that, that one, like, I think he was the in mountain. Terminator armor. Like, yeah, he was, like, the mountain. <laughs> he carried, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. He had to have special armor, regardless, but... But, was, but something to think about is, uh, inside of the... Uh, the legacies uh, rules for uh, Horus Heresy, you can take Indominus Terminator armor. Yeah, and they don't they don't have Forge World kits for it because you just use the plastics. So yeah. does that mean we just roll these new big old Terminators? Damn right. <laughs> I bet they look chunky. I'm going to get some. Dude, I'm, I'll paint them red too. What if they just give them like Battle Hardened? Just like Battle Hardened 1. Oh. They're, they're heavy. <laughs> Thick so they, they don't get the benefit of the, the Tartaros, but they don't get the better invul from the uh, Cataphract. Because this is not supposed to be a canonically bigger Terminator. This is like, this is what it they always just, should have been, right? I, I don't know. I, they kinda, well, that's what they said. They're kind of billing it as, yeah, this is just the same Terminator armor. We're just the same way they got upscaled when they went from pewter to plastic. Yeah. They just got upscaled again to match the rest of the range. Kind of like a retcon, I guess. Or... Like, yeah, like a soft retcon. Like, it, this yep. wouldn't be the first time they just made something bigger just because. Yeah, looking at you, Cadians. <laughs> <laughs> is that scale creep? But yeah, no, like, it definitely, like, I'll pick some up, like, just to put yeah. into my Blood Angels, and it's like, you know, I'll do, like, filigrees on the shoulder pad and all that stuff. And yeah, it's, it's one of the things that, yeah, it's 40K, but it could have an effect on the heresy. Like... Some people might feel the need to like scale up their cataphracty and tar- tartaros to kind of match the same size. People are already doing it. Looking at you, Tortuga miniature users. <laughs> Isn't like uh, I think it's still on a forty. I think it's on the same size base. Oh, I'm pretty sure it is. 
the Mark Threes aren't they smaller than the Mark Fours, Fives, and Sixes? Yeah, like Mark Six is like scale creep. Yeah, Mark Six are a little bit bigger. It's close enough that you can kind of like hand wave it as posture, but they they are noticed. Like a lot of people were afraid they're going to be Primaris sized. Yeah, but that they're kind of like an in between. Gotcha. Yeah. I always see videos like uh, upscale your Mark Threes on YouTube. And I'm like. Okay. That's where those Tortuga miniatures are. And like, that's oh, like, gotcha. they, they upscale the Mark threes to like bigger. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times the, the scale is close enough that on the table, like in the game, I don't notice the difference, but like when you put them side by side and like really look at them, then you can kind of see, I don't know. I'm not a super huge snob about it. Somebody out there is going to be, I am. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> we both just looked why, over why, at you like, what? Why is there a red X under my chair? What's, what's that other lever do? <laughs> I'll be in the, I'll be on the other side of a mega battle. Sir, T.O., <laughs> those Marines are too big. <laughs> Go ahead and pull them. They're over there with Gilly on the side. Well, I'm three tables down. Well, no, isn't, uh, uh, isn't Loken on like a 28 mil base? Who? Garvel Loken? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know more than I do. I think, dude, there, I think there's somebody, one of the like early character series models that is just straight up on a 28 mil because it was before they switched to 32s. So oh, just on baby base? So, so it's just 25 millimeter, right? 25, 32? That's 32. Right, 25. 25. Yeah, the, the, the 28 is like 28.5 they started using for some Eldar stuff. Just his like, tiptoe and a lot of balance. So <laughs> Keeps you got tired of a uh, 32 millimeter basis playing <laughs> Kill Team because like you got to use more movement to get around corners. Like oh, 25 millimeter meter basis of the way to go and kill team so I look at 32 and I just like get mad at it because all my bases are 32 hey man back in my day my marines were on 25 mil bases 25 millimeter bases we enjoyed every minute of it half of each foot was hanging off the edge and that's how God intended it get that crouching one and whole foot's hanging off 25 millimeter goblin green that's all you need but yeah, so I don't hate it. The no. new Terminators, I, I don't hate it. I'm not mad at any Terminators at all, dude. It's like if the kit's good, the kit's good. The Primaris range, I like the models. I'm not going to run them in 30K. I don't like the Primaris fluff. No. But no. I respect a good model. You don't have to do any of that. I, I wish they weren't super monoposed, but they get some cool results out of them. It just sucks <laughs> if you need like 15 and they come into a box of the same five guys. So you got to try to, <laughs> you got to, you got to make Jeff look different than Jeff too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Hey, we're just back to the old problems when they had like the pewter range, right? Yeah. Somehow we managed to come back. I don't know how that works yeah. out, but it's, that was my complaint with orcs too, with the new orc models. Like they're all in the same yeah. monopose. Yeah. But just... that's, that's 40 K problems right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, versus sure. old school orcs that have their donk hanging out and like, I mean, they're just like <laughs> all kinds of things with the older models that look cooler than the newer models. They, they still got the like scoliosis going on with the orcs where they're just throwing it back. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. Bit. <laughs> they, they they all have like a slight like forward. Like, like, like they got that they got that lumbar <laughs> yeah, <man>. shift. Yeah. <laughs> they're just always popping it. <laughs> they're just like <laughs> okay, just silverback gorilla style. Yeah, exactly. So that's the 40K stuff. Uh, what about Heresy? I know there's been a lot of speculation what they got for Heresy. So yeah, Heresy, like they essentially so for the got, Heresy How part. many new tanks we got? How many, do we got new infantry kits? <laughs> what do we got? What do we got? Uh, none of the above. Oh. I think everybody was wrong on all of that. Like even though more stuff since like, okay, because we speculated last week that like we're going to possibly get a new Fellblade, like, all hey, stuff. Hey, here's a bunch of vehicles that just you can't get on Forge World no more. More went on to hey. 404. Yeah. 
So the, the Mastodon, including the Mastodon, which I don't think anybody's expecting a plastic Mastodon. No, even, ma- even with this news, Mastodon went four hundred four. The Arquitor went four hundred four. The Fellblade went four hundred four. Like all of these got pulled from Forge World. Let me check right now. I don't know. Maybe they're back because they do go to uh, uh, like uh, temporarily out of stock. But I know for a while they just straight up four hundred four. That could be because a bunch of people were visiting that page just to check. No, yeah, four four on Mastodon right now. Oh, I like that model a lot too. Yeah. Well, so so what well, we've seen is yeah. they once they're going to plastic, they'll go four four. They'll pull it from the. That, yeah, that happened with the uh, the Sakarin, the the, uh, the Vindicator laser. Yes, and so, the dreads. Yeah, because because nobody knew that the Venator was coming out, like because that wasn't even speculated. Yeah, nobody was like. Oh, I think this, you know, because like there's yeah. a couple models that are like, hey, this is like pretty good right now. It's it's a little better than it was last edition. But I think Jet Bikes 2 did that same thing. Yeah. Jet and Bikes. No, nobody thought they were doing plastic Jet Bikes because it's like, hey, these are not what they used to be. Nobody's even playing with these things. And then they got pulled the week before and then they got announced. Yeah. So it's weird that Matt Mastodon got pulled. It's weird that Fellblade got pulled. Glaive's gone. Falchion's gone. Uh, we thought they were going to just like, hey, guys, guess what? Plastic everything. You get plastic. You get plastic. And no, we got a book. Instead, I get 3D printing everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> I printed all the stuff that y'all didn't offer for the week y'all didn't offer it. <laughs> Legally. There's nothing you can do to stop me. <laughs> I had to convert it somehow. Uh, so they announced what? Uh, they announced a campaign book. A campaign book. Yeah. So who, they who mentioned campaign book? Who was uh, I didn't hear nobody saying nothing about campaign books. Oh, the black book. Yeah, the black book is a campaign book. I know. I'm just saying, like before this came out, I don't. I don't think I heard anybody else speculating. About oh a yeah, nobody book. speculated a black book. No, except except who? I mean, I brought it up. I was like, you know, because <laughs> oh. they because they, they've been future proofing a lot of their releases, like with the PDFs. Like, oh hey, yeah, 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 yeah. In the future, if we uh, you know release a new supplement that's got this in it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. So, yes, they did come out with a campaign book. I'll take that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> win in my column. You just, you throw enough darts, one of them hits. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> if I had a leak, then you, I would not be speculating on, a, like, a bunch of the other stuff we said. <laughs> You're going to go back. It's going to be like, wouldn't it be cool if they had a black book? Michael, episode 148. I, I said it too. <laughs> it's just like the Leonardo meme. He's like on the couch pointing. Hey, hey, like, hey, 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 there I am, there I am. So, but no, no, no. Like they're like. Uh, so one thing I want to point out is uh, when they, in their stream, when they announced it, because I caught on, like I jumped in right with the hair. They started doing some Age of Sigmar and then they get into Heresy. Uh, they were talking, they were comparing it to the old black books we got. And I was like, okay, hold on, time out. That's a big, uh, that is a big assumption. And then I went and I checked the Warhammer community article they posted about it. And that one also calls back to the old black books. Uh, if you got into heresy with the new edition, you might not be aware, but the black books were like 300, 400 pages of just content. Yes. Is it good content? Yes. Usually, yeah. Cool. You, you, some of them were people. Better, people better still testing. buy black books now for content. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. that was a one hundred and fifty dollar book. And Damn. so, uh, I would say like just to compare, the one I'm most familiar with was the one they released when I was getting into it, which was book seven. Book seven had the full rules for two legions, 
It had a campaign for the Siege of Prospero. It had the the Custodes, Sisters of Silence. It had new Mechanicum units. It had lore for all of those things. Like, it, it was just a massive book of content. That's cool. I, I like that. So, if they're going to evoke that term, like, the black books, this thing better be packed. They gotta live up to it. Yeah, sure. if it... If that is not a good comparison, they can't be upset when we're making it because they themselves are trying to evoke that image when when they're promoting it. Now, they did kind of give us a preview of what to expect. They did say there was going to be a campaign for the Siege of Chthonia, which is going to heavily involve Imperial Fists and uh, Sons of Horus. They specifically said there's going to be a couple new characters for those factions. Uh, what else they call out uh, the rules for that particular engagement? So I think some kind of campaign system. The inductii. Yes, the the new Space Marine Legion inductee inductii, however you want to pronounce it, which I think is pretty cool. That's kind of like uh, guys who they press ganged in during the uh, during the heresy. All the legions, both loyalist and traitor, were taking heavy losses. They just needed as many bodies as they could get, so they just started pushing people through the Space Marine process that. Maybe they wouldn't have made it. Maybe they wouldn't have made the cut. But, you know, we, we need it and we got to get it. So make it work. And that's speculation. It's it, it definitely speculation. Because one of the things they showed was a... A blood angel. A beat the fuck up blood angel. Yeah. With like two black arms. Yeah, well, and I mean, I, I think in the uh, in the announcement on Warhammer Community, they do kind of talk a little bit. Like there's like a sentence or two about the inductee. But... It's been a while since I looked through it. It, it. To me, it invoked that type of guy, like that type of uh, a unit. And I, I think they specifically call out that that's going to be a generic thing for any legion. And they do mention that both sides did do it. And there was something else they they also announced was like a a new centurion uh, console, a tank commander. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at the smile on that boy's face. Oopsies. <laughs> yeah, boy. So they'd be like a neutral, the guys that you're talking about, they like can play on both sides? Yeah, just kind of like a, a new unit in the part that anybody, any Legion can pull from. Gotcha. Like, Presumably. Yeah, yeah. they want to sell those uh, tax squad kits, you know? Oh, yeah. Try and yeah. get them moving. Which, that's got me intrigued, because I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Just like the old school like Legion of like, oh, y'all want an infantry? Here's infantry. <laughs> you take 50 dudes a squad. Bro, I got 120 space holes inductee. <laughs> Let's go. Some inductee eye. Specifically, it's an inductee eye. I don't know what the difference it's, is. Because it's two eyes, I guess. That's the like Latin pronunciation of it. All right. Tight. <laughs> so, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what we're looking at here. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested cool. about the tank commander, especially. Yeah, depending on how much hidden content they haven't told us about. This might be a new black book style. Like, like that comparison might not be unfounded depending on what else we got. If it's just what they told us, I mean, it's, it's not going to be like a full black book size release, but you know, as long as it's not $150 like the old black books were. I think it is going to be like looking at how thick that book is. I don't see why it wouldn't be. You think that's 300 pages? It looks... Did you see how thick that is? Look. How thick that bad boy is. I mean, yeah, that, that's a spine. That's a spine, all right. It's 
pretty Because, I mean, the, the Black Book's also, that was a, like, premium premium bound book where it's got like the the metallic corners like oh. that was a tome yeah <laughs> i was about to say that's not a book but yeah that's a tome yeah but yeah th- this could this could be like a new black book level release definitely think so very curious to see what we're looking at and we, we did see some new pictures that they showed off that has some like hazy covered models that's like hey what's that yeah, that's exactly what I'm bringing up right now. Yeah, and I, so want, I see you pulling up the. I want you to look the still shot. Look at it. this guy, right? That was one of the ones that everybody's pointing out. One of the big things, like obviously on there, is the. This is definitely a Rhino chassis. That front Rhino area. Yeah, it's got the like the the plate you see on the corner where a where a Mars Rhino would have the searchlights. Yes, this has the the that armor, little, the little extra armor part, and then you have this big thing. Which could be plasma, it could be Volkite, it could be like the Volkite Predator, it could be Plasma Predator. Unsure. Or like with like a hunter killer on the back. I mean it looks a little chonky to be a to be a predator turret, but Yes. Who knows? Yeah, no, that is a a lot of speculation trying to figure out what the heck that thing is. That that could be just whoever's stitching these mini mini photos together, playing a little fast and loose with the scale. <laughs> but I don't know. It'd be really cool if it was something new. I know some people have been like taking the stills they showed of some of the missions and picking them apart. And hey, yeah. hey, this doesn't make sense. Hey, this already looks like it needs a Rata. <laughs> I, I haven't like dug deep into it yet. So, so another one to look at is this guy right here. This is apparently one of the new characters. You see, like, kind of like what looks like some bear claws hanging over his shoulders. Yeah, it looks like. It, it kind of looks like the new Praetors we got in the box, the big, like, chunky dudes in Artificer armor, but it looks a little bulkier than that. So he might be, like, the same the same style, just in maybe Cataphracty or something. Yeah, so that was one of the new characters they were saying. The uh, Onslaught campaign system is what people are talking about now. Yeah, I've been saying, I think it sucks that 40K has, like, a dedicated narrative system in Crusade, and uh, 30K, the actual, like, narrative game doesn't have an equivalent right now. So if it's something like that, I'm going to be stoked. Like I, if this is like crusade for heresy, I'm already going to be all about it. Cause I, I don't know too much about 40 K, but what I've looked at for crusade, I, I find it fascinating. I think we base the, uh, the, uh, the Xana incursion. A lot of that stuff we based off of the, uh, the book three campaign system where like your yeah. character progresses and all that stuff. And like essentially you, your character builds up and grows with the campaign. Yeah, and a, lot so, of, a lot of people use those rules and got, got some work out of it. And you continue to use them. Like, you continue yeah. to use them in, like, next campaigns and, like, future campaigns and all stuff. So, like, I'm curious what this Onslaught campaign system is going to do for us. I really like that. Like, when uh, they put a system in. Yeah, I, I play a lot of D&D. So, like, when a new system comes in, like, the horror system came into uh, some of the D&D books, like, you can go apply those to other other campaigns that you run. So oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally cool if like they start implementing new systems that you can yeah. like take from that book and just oh, keep yeah. on using. Yeah. More tools in the box is always better. Yeah. Like even I, if it's like not great, if it's just a tool to have in your back pocket, that's cool. Yeah, no, it's a, like one of the big things that came from that, like that book three campaign system was like the, uh, the character builder where you would have like a, a specific like uh, console that would follow you throughout the whole system Yeah, and Which, he would grow and like, he'd like, he'd build up like weapon skill or ballistic skill or like strength, toughness. You'd so, roll a dice and like, you would like 
enhance him. Maybe he gets a, a new warlord trade or something, or like a special rule to yeah, him. Pretty cool. It's, so we're doing the narrative league and kill team, and there's something like that. Like uh, every time you win a mission, you can roll on this table to see. You know, you might get more wounds, you might get better ballistic skills. So it oh, yeah. sounds a lot like that. Uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, it, that's. Pretty I think close it's probably to based off of that based original of system. Yeah, a lot of like uh, the the escalation leagues we did at the shop use that same system, and it, it's a really good tool if you're like not gonna allow special characters or something because you're you're doing like a specific narrative like sub area that definitely none of the prime marks were at, and like if you want to exclude special characters, it's a good replacement because it gives you a cool new thing you get to do. You get to build your own character, kind of. Yeah, instead of just saying, "Oh, you don't get to bring that toy." Like, you, you I know you want to bring that, but you don't get to do it. It's a, it's a nice. Hey, you get to do this instead. It's a slap on the wrist, but here's a candy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's that inductee guy. Like his, he's weathered all the way. Yeah, like his, he's got a crack across his helmet where his eye lens is, and I think that could just be scavenged armor. Like this dude was, you know, pushed through the process and. They didn't have time to get a new suit of armor. <laughs> They're like, sorry, buddy. It's like the, you are the eighth person to wear this armor this week. So, and again, this is, this is my speculation. This is my, my brain taking what I'm seeing and then running with it. And then uh, the Zomortalis rules are also. I, f- I completely forgot. We get full Zomortalis rules. Yes. So, so now we have like th- there was like the temporary rules over the PDF to kind of help you out. Yeah, but it was, it was a white dwarf. So, and that was that had mixed people had mixed feelings about it. So I, I'm glad we get to see them take a second pass at that. Yeah, who knows? Maybe your Fulminantaris can't uh, Nikita their missiles hey. down the... <laughs> hey, man, if you're using their full range without line of fire and Zomortalis, that... Come on, man. Come the rules on. I mean, say you can, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> down the hallways and... <laughs> the person who wrote the books for listening to this podcast around like, oh, oh. I should have probably put that in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, how quick can we get that errata out? <laughs> or they're drinking out of their ultramarine mug and like, why should I? <laughs> those, those are great missiles. No barrage weapons, but blind fire is okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now I'm looking forward to it. Somebody will pick it up. Uh, you don't. Uh, it's one of those things where I don't think everybody has to own one of these things. Like it's uh, probably like one per gaming group is going to be suffice. Yeah, for, for like a campaign book, absolutely. But I mean, I've been saying this since they put out the rule book for last edition. If the book is good, if you like it, you should probably buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Like reward the company when they do something good with money. I I did that with D&D. I was really into D&D and the last couple books have kind of fell flat for me and I haven't bought the last couple books, but I've probably only used, you know, the player's handbook and Xanathar's a couple times. Mm -hmm. And other than that, I probably haven't opened the books, but I bought the books because... They're good it's books. Good content. Know? Yeah. So I, I can definitely see that, that point of view. From oh, yeah. Absolutely. And if this book just like sells gangbusters, they'll know, hey, this is the type of content heresy players want. We didn't have to put out a whole bunch of new models for it. We don't need to put out inductive models. People will take what already exists and go crazy with it. And then bing, bang, boom. They, they know what we like. And they are better equipped to give us good content. I'm just afraid we're going to get to that point where... Uh 40k got to right before the end of ninth edition hit where it's like let's say you are fielding a space marine army and you want to have this unit that came from this campaign book another unit that came from this campaign book another unit that came. and so now i've got to show up to the game with like six campaign books yeah so like 
if I want to show up with right now, if I go to a game and I want to use inductee inductee, I I've got to have my rule book, my loyalist book, and I've got to carry around this entire campaign book with me to be like a legal player. Right. I just hope they don't get to that point. And they're like, by the way, if you don't want to buy this campaign book, here's these rules for these dudes in a PDF or a white door. So anybody who played custodes like before the edition shift, uh, they feel that pain because you needed to have both book seven and book eight. That's what I'm saying. Which, man, that's rough. Don't make the mistake again, g <laughs> Don't you do that to us. But you know, they also did that with the black books where it's like the most recent uh, profile for like the Acastus Knight Perfirin, the Saber. Like those were just in like book nine, I think. Yeah. And it's like, before then, the Perfirin had like downloadable rules. So it's just like, oh, you pick them up from Forge World website, and there you go. Oh, that's invalidated now. Got to go buy a $150 black book. <laughs> but was there any different to them? I thought they were the same. I don't remember. Yeah, I thought they were the same. That's what I'm hoping is they release like some induct die rules so everybody can use it. And like, hey, here's the free PDF. Don't worry. If you want Zomortalis rules, if you're one of these, because like this book is like one of the like, like if you're like a campaign runner or like a, yeah. A hitter. I hope they don't yeah. lock the induct die behind this book is what I hope for. Or like any like console, like I'm going to buy this book, but like, yeah, I, I don't want to get to the point where I have to carry this around. If I want to use a special, I hope they don't do tank that. Commander console. I also kind of think they are. <sighs> it, it sucks, but if the book's good, that's aren't they going to more PDFs like in 10th in edition? 10th edition. Yeah. That's Cause they, they realized the problem they did in ninth decision yeah. edition. It's like they realized that like people had to carry like eight books with them to be like to play in one of their actual like matches. Well, if you just want to pick and choose unit, the best units out of every book you got. Yeah, it was a, but that's the thing. But, it's like, why would you do but this? But if you're push, pushing match play, then yeah, people are going to do that. Yep. Yeah. So that, that, that's well, that's we'll my only two cents on it. It'd be really cool to believe they're going to put out a PDF just with the new tank commander and inductee. But... Wait and see, I guess. Please do this. I, I hope so. Put it in White Dwarf and I will buy a full subscription to White Dwarf. I'll buy two full subscriptions to White Dwarf if you do that. <laughs> Boom. Gauntlet has been laid. <laughs> I mean, White yeah. Dwarf just released some pretty cool stuff for Kill Team. Like That's 2v2s true. and 4, four team free-for-alls. They're pretty fun. I hear that it's very light in heresy content <laughs> as far as White Dwarf goes. But oh, is that is that true? That's, that what, that's what I hear. Uh-oh. Because I was gonna uh, get a subscription, they're like, you know, it's like not really like heresies. Like, there's not a bunch of heresies. Yeah. Like, because they were excited because like one article was in there, like for heresy, <laughs> and I was like, oh, 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 it was the like Zomortalis. Yeah. Oh. So. Uh, a lot of people are excited because they show they're showing off pictures of Warmaster. So it's like, hey, they're remembering Titanicus. Hey, man, they dropped that freaking. Uh, it's on the cover of the the 30k rulebook. Yeah, yeah, they they dropped the. Uh, Speaking of Titanicus, I don't know if that was... I think it was the last episode we talked about it. They dropped the Convergent Beamer or Warhound. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So yeah, Locker was talking about that in the other Discord. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we know what they do yet, but it looks cool. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to have like a version of the blind rule or something. I mean, content's content. Yeah. It's been I mean, pretty, pretty quiet, right? Yeah, on they, they've, been, they've been trickling out some different guns for Titanicus. Like before that, they had the like Graviton weapons. Mm-hmm. So like a Warhound-sized Graviton that you could put on top of a Reaver as well. And then, like, the Warlord Big Graviton. 
Yeah, no, we are getting close to them just going, by the way, Epic, here you go, boys. Dude, that's what a lot of people were speculating. Like, hey, they just put this under the heresy banner, so they've only got to release one line, and it works for both sides. Yeah, pretty much, man. That's what I'm hoping for. And then, you know, who knows? They, they did the same thing uh, kind of retroactively with Aeronautica Imperialis. They're like, hey, here's a book if you just want to use this in a heresy setting. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> GG's. If we don't put this book out, you're just going to make rules for it anyway. Yep. Yeah, that's what people are already doing with Epic, so. Straight up. Curious to see what happens there. I feel like they are going, and I, but I feel like it's going to be such a big announcement. They're going to wait for like a, a Christmas release or something like that. Maybe it's just it'd be a lot of new SKUs because it's just a brand new game system, mm-hmm. and they already have a lot of SKUs for Titanicus. Yeah, but and plus they probably got to get a lot of like all these new plastic kits are releasing from Forge World, like the Fellblade and stuff. Thing. Yeah, I, I would say it sounds like they got a leaky boat, but they kept Dante under wraps until they accidentally leaked it themselves. <laughs> yeah. There's so much going on there. I don't even know how they so, I mean, explain that situation. There could be plastic kits that they keep under, under wraps that we don't know about. Hey man, we got some insider knowledge from one of our old, uh, uh, you know how we were talking about last podcast? We were I don't like, know if we should be talking. Should we be talking about this? <laughs> you know, they gonna figure out who this is. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gonna turn up missing. The eyebrow went up. Derek's <laughs> eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, we were speculating last podcast. I was like, it's like surely there's some random person within G Dub who can contact us. Uh, we got a guy, <laughs> and so uh, uh, yeah, no, apparently like painters know way before it happens. Oh, like yeah. obviously, so like. They get those models. They know. They keep that boat pretty tight. Yeah, because somebody painted the Dante on the cover of the box that he got leaked in. Yeah, but before that happens, right? Like, before that's like a painter even gets his hands on it, they have pallets of these models already ready to go. Like, it's not even... before that, somebody 3D prints it. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, like, it's just like, it's a whole process. So, like, having these pallets that sit on the side of the warehouse with, like, a plastic wrap around them and big, giant... uh, just a giant stencil. Hold on, I'm, I'm getting too deep in. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was about say, I was about to say, do we want to do this? Is this what we're doing right now? Yeah, them messing up is very, uh, <laughs> is very unlikely. <laughs> it's a very unlikely. Wasn't, wasn't there a thing where they uh, they showed off a model and it was like they, you could see the print lines, like the 3D print lines? That's on you, a lot of models. You can see print lines in their like full releases right now. Interesting. I've, I've got pictures. I think it was somebody's Exodus. They were like, hey, what the heck is this? And you can clearly see print lines. Yeah, like resin stuff, like the, the resin cast stuff, like has yep. print lines in it, just 100%. Like, it's gotcha. a, like this is a, a, like, a, a retail model somebody got. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a print line. And that, yeah. it's, like, it, it is, it's distinct. You can... Oh, oh okay. yeah, the... Yeah, uh, like yeah, this is not somebody's 3D print. This is a resin cast piece they got from Forge World. What is that called? Anti-aliasing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you could see that. Each layer and, built up. Yeah, they, they and, go down on their layers. <laughs> I was expecting a lot of people to be like, oh, I can't believe you can just see the 3D print marks on their thing. No, it was everybody being like, what quality are you 3D printing these <laughs> exactly in? What I'm the stuff that I'm printing doesn't have that. What are you doing? <laughs> get, 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 get good. <laughs> yeah, that that was the criticism that I was seeing on this. People just dogging on their quality. It's so good. It's so good. And yeah, that was pretty funny, I think. Yeah, that's... Because like, like you zoom bad. in on this and it's like, that is... Is this, is this FDM print? What are you doing? <laughs> so, excellent stuff, guys. Uh, uh, dude... Actually, oh. speaking of 3D printing and like, 
You know, everybody yeah. like three D printing now is kind of like more mainstream and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's noticing all this stuff in their Forge World models and all this stuff. <laughs> like now, because three D printing is more prevalent. Absolutely, you can't you yeah. can't throw a rock without hitting one. But what if I told you three D printing was in the resin casting space years and years ago, like over a decade ago? Would you believe me? I mean, yeah, these big companies do it the prototyping all the time. Yeah. If- I mean, a company that big will have money to buy 3D printers back then. So, Well, with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> kick us over to this interview that we had with Powerful Steve. I'm glad you guys stayed through this. You're going to love this interview. I need you guys to uh, not only listen to this interview, but you're going to be blown away by the stuff you're going to hear with yeah. Powerful Steve from Mad Robot Miniatures. Just, just what he just casually drops. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's pretty bonkers. And if you can, please go support his Kickstarter. Please go support him. Go order some models from him. He's a great guy. He does good work. Does great work. So with that said, let me go and kick over to this interview. Thank you guys for listening. Hell yeah. All right, everyone. So like promised, uh, as part of the Fabricators of the Heresy, I have powerful, powerful mad robot miniatures here with me. You want to go say what's going on, Matt? I don't know if you want me to say your real name or if you just want to stay Mad Robot Miniatures. Uh, you can use my real name as long as there's a limited use because there's legal issues. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. <laughs> what's going on, Steve? <laughs> How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Uh, we, we definitely, as part of this series, right, we wanted to kind of look at some of the creators kind of get like a, the tiniest peek under the hood uh, to see exactly kind of what what kind of inspiration you gather or you know what do we what do we see from powerful Steve what's in that brain ticking so I guess Steve where uh, uh where did you where did your what's your origins of wargaming right where, where uh what got you into wargaming what uh what started it all oh boy it started many years ago. There were two tiny amoeba. No, um, <laughs> the uh, uh, like many people, I think I started probably with more like RPGs when I was little. I was really in the role playing games a lot, D and D, but all kinds of role playing games. I had a pretty good collection of them. Um, I never really got into the miniature side of things until much later. I I that was throughout my teens, and then. Uh, as I, I don't know, became a quote unquote adult, I, I got a job working in retail and everything. And I just completely removed myself from it for a long time. And then one day in the context of working at my job at the mall, I was at, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> I walked by a games workshop store and I, like a fool, I walked inside and, uh, the, 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 that's really what started the whole thing. I fell in love with the guard. I fell in love with the miniatures and I just I fell straight into the hobby and uh I just kind of you know I never really looked back uh 40k has always been about hobby for me I know a lot of people are like that the game is cool I've played the game but um I've always been uh, uh solely just primarily focused on the hobby converting man I used to love converting all the time uh kit bashing from all the different GW kits Back then, there weren't really any, I mean, there weren't a lot of third-party companies. Uh, there weren't any really doing anything for, uh, 
in terms of converting uh, actual GW models. There were a few other companies doing 28 millimeter heads and stuff, but they were for their own lines. They weren't de designed to be used with the GW models. So the pickings were a bit slim, but still the, the converting was a big part of it back then. And uh, yeah, that's it's just became almost an obsession with me for a while. So you were always kind of the... Uh the conversion head, right? I'm guessing inside your group, you were the the one that was uh, uh, making these third party bits for your own guard or your, have you always just played guard or was there ever like, did you ever cheat on them with some space Marines I, or some? So I, first of all, there's no group. <laughs> oh, I'm a huge intro. I'm a huge introvert, dude. I, I, so I, I totally, a, a friend of mine and I, um, we, we played, I've, I played 40k with him like three or four times and ironically the only uh i played space marines because the only way i could get him to play was to he wanted to play guard because they had tanks and so i had a bunch of tanks and so that's the only way i could convince him to even play the game i had to I had to play space marines and i wiped the floor with him i had an assault squad and and uh, i don't even know if we played the game properly but i <laughs> totally wiped the floor with him in all four games he never wanted to play again so that was the extent of it. Um, but uh, to answer more directly your question, uh, uh, just the ability to make something unique. That was really what was the, the appeal to me with converting. Uh, putting something down um, that wasn't like anything else anybody was, was doing. That was really the appeal for me. Definitely. I, I absolutely, I think we both have that same drive. I'm the same way. Uh, you know, and one of the biggest things is, you know, now kind of, and I know you're involved with it as well. Now with kind of 3D modeling, things get a little bit easier for us laymen. <laughs> Not so much, you know. Uh, totally. But but I'm the same way. You know, it's it's definitely one of those things where I want my models to be distinguishable from other people's models, and uh, I'm 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 always happy to be the first with my models. Right? I'm I'm 100% okay with doing that, and then you know, selling my files or whatever, but, uh, I a hundred percent get that drive. I feel that drive. Yeah. Uh, something I was curious about and something that I have always wanted to, to kind of question your way is you've been around a while. Okay. I, do you, how many years has it been now? I think, um, I feel like oh it was boy. like 2010. I was buying the Balclava heads from you. I think it was 2011. 2011, I think, was the first uh, item I put up in the store. So, okay, like, I don't know what is that? Twelve years. So yeah, it's twelve years. So so I've always wondered, and uh, it's it's something I'm curious about. So obviously, you didn't just like sit down and go, "Hey, I'm gonna cast a bunch of resin uh, third party parts, a bunch of resin heads, or anything like that." Because you had, I'm guessing you had to hand sculpt these first, right? No, no, actually, that's exactly what I did. I, I, um, well, do you want me to just start going off on this, or do you want to ask me a question? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, finish off. Like, uh, okay, uh, so, uh, back in the day, that right around that time, um, prior to starting Mad Robot, I was, uh, I had fancied myself a, uh, a bits seller, a 40k bits seller. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I saw that stuff was doing well, like on eBay, and I thought, well, maybe I could try my hand at this. And so I set up a wholesale account with a, a, a place, and 
I couldn't do it. I mean, I sucked at it. I, I to this day, I can't figure out. I mean, I, I was trying to break up the kits and sell them, and some stuff would sell, and I sucked at it. Bottom line. And so <laughs> after you know sucking at that for a while, I thought maybe I could try uh, making some of my own parts instead. Because one of the things going back to uh, the the hobby days uh, was you know always looking at stuff and going, man, I wish someone made this, or I wish someone made that. Uh, I wish they made a head like this, or some arms, or something. And so that kind of, you know, came back to me at that point. And I was like, well, maybe I'll figure, try to figure this out. And there was a, a, a small forum. Um, it wasn't private. It was a public forum, but it was called Resin Addict. And uh, it was just about resin casting. And there weren't a ton of people that hung out there, but there were like 10 or 12 of us that went on there regularly. And that's where I learned everything about casting and and resins and silicones and molds and pretty much everything and it's it just i just literally to kind of go back to what you had just said um i did literally say hmm, i think i'll just start making my own stuff one of the other um kind of milestones for me that pushed me into that idea uh, to give her credit was victoria from victoria miniatures she had just put out her very first set of conversion parts, it was the uh, Rough Riders head set with, I think it was a set of arms that had uh, the lances attached, yep. the Rough Riders. Yep, they, I were cast in, they were cast in metal. And I remember looking at those and going, wow, okay, so somebody can actually, you know, someone's actually making these things for this purpose. And that really kind of probably put the seed into my head more than anything else. Um, and then... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. In the course of hanging out at that resin addicts uh, forum, uh, I met a guy named Ben, Ben Calvert Lee, a sculptor, uh, and uh, he's over in the UK. And he was anxious to, uh, he did everything digitally. And that was something that I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really come across and wasn't too, uh, you know, too knowledgeable about at the time. And he was looking to expand his horizons and, and, start doing it full time and, and do it as a, a profession. And so he and I teamed up and that's really where a lot of that early stuff that I released over the first like three or four years of the business, uh, he did pretty much all of that sculpting for me and it was all digital. And as soon as I saw that he was working in digital, I knew right away, like, this is what I want to do. Um, because one of the classic kind of pitfalls of, doing things tr more traditionally with uh, sculpting, like with green stuff or, or with some of their physical medium is that the, the master models that you make your molds from, those are like, those are like artifacts, right? You treat it, you, you, you have to treat them carefully because that's the only one you have. And if it gets destroyed or if it gets wrecked in the process of trying to work with, with it, you know, you can try to repair it, but who knows what, what's going to happen to it. With the digital side of things, I realized right away, hey, that's the world of control Z, you know, where you can, if you make a mistake, you can control Z it and erase it. And also if, since it's a digital file, if, if you break the master model or something, you can just have another one printed up and it's the exact same thing forever. And you don't have to ever worry about the quality of the master models degrading over time and, and all that other kind of stuff. So I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm sticking with the technology side of it. And I thought it was a cool marriage 
Um, that's really been the, the funniest thing about all this printing stuff that's jumped up lately is seems to be like a natural um, progression for that. And that I, it's funny because I think a lot of people are starting to realize that that uh, cool marriage of technology and the hobby like I did all those years ago. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. The uh, the price to get in to do that is a lot smaller, right? It's a, you know, there's, I've, I've kind of seen recently, it's, it's a little bit harder to find people who are resin casting or even willing to resin cast, but everybody's willing to go pick up a printer and push the button, right? So the, the, totally. the, the price to get in and also the, uh, uh, the percentage of, uh, a failure drops quite significantly when when somebody makes you a, a third party model. Um, so 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 going back uh, to your your buddy there. Um, so you say he was sculpting things digitally in 2012. How were you getting the model then? If if there wasn't or was there some precursor to 3D printing? I'm not aware of that. Well, back then, 3D printing was uh, it was a corporate thing. It, or it was a business thing. Printers and the technology was just too expensive. Uh, that's why you've seen such an onset of it lately. It's because it's all become so much more affordable. All the technology. When when the um, I'm going to get the name of it wrong, but when the um, about five years ago. Oh man! Well, there was a there was a home printer that came out about five years ago. That, that really put everybody back on their tail because it was the first time that a good quality 3D printer was available to people in in the home user market. Um, and I can't for the life of remember what it was called, but most people would recognize it, I think, if they heard the name. Was but it the anyway, Photon? The Photon? No, before that. Um, don't don't ask me because I don't remember. So uh, no anyways... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Going back even farther, so I mean, when I would I had to search for people to actually get these things printed up. Uh, I would go to these um, a lot of these places where prototyping they were doing more like prototyping larger pieces for industrial projects and that kind of a thing. The quality of the printers back then was not very good, um, and I finally found one place that had a specific lens for the printer that was designed for small um minute kind of small work like dental work and that kind of a thing and he was doing uh miniatures and and printing for miniatures exclusively in his company so uh that's like the first guy that i found that i could get this stuff printed up and where it looked good you know where i threw it into a mold and it came out and it looked you know really good quality uh but back then the, the expense of that stuff was just restrictive. There was no way people were, and even even back then, I mean, like I never, uh, just as a side note, I would have conversations with a few friends who are also into this, doing this stuff with their own businesses. And we we're like, oh, there's never any way that the printers are going to be available to the public. Like I, I just never, I, I could never believe that that would ever happen. Because um, I didn't think that the, that the, the tech would become that affordable. And Lo and behold, I'm wrong. But I mean, back then it was just like a pipe dream. I never dreamed that anybody would be able to print up high quality prints at home. I never thought it would happen. I'm blown away at what you're telling me right now. <laughs> like there is like you essentially were a decade ahead of the game. <laughs> like just immediately, you know, I'm, 
one of the biggest things that sold you to me back back in the day, right? I would buy third party parts, and I remember at the time at the time I was working at this like uh, this Vietnam style uh, drop troop uh, uh, Imperial Guard Army. I was about yeah. to say Ash Militarum, but they weren't Ash Militarum yet. They're the Guard baby. So I was working on like right when the plastic Valkyrie kit dropped. Uh, so I, I like I even have a, a resin Valkyrie from when it was transitioning over to the plastic Valkyrie. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I was super happy when they dropped that plastic Valkyrie. I felt like they did it for me. And uh, uh, so I and. And like one of the biggest things was at the time I wanted some helmeted heads, right? I wanted some some heads with the with the mesh on them and all this jazz. And this was, you know, I didn't know at all who you were or anything like that. And I, and so I bought all of these metal heads, and they were just so not fun to work with. Like they, some of them were were too big for the because I was doing like a Catachan. A body on some and I was doing a, a, a Cadian body on others and so like I had to you know working with with uh, with pewter is not fun right not as fun as it is no. with resin and I was so blown away whenever I found your store and I was like dude this guy makes stuff in resin like this is like he's like casting his own resin and all this stuff and then when we like I first got like I, I probably got one of the first pulls out of the mold for the balclava heads and the and, uh, uh, I, man, I wish I could remember the first models I got from you. I'm pretty sure I got a, ber- I definitely got beret heads from you as Those one of my the first fr- ones I ever did. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that was the first things I ordered. Um, but seeing the quality of these, like, uh, these sculpts, right. And what I could never understand was the uniformity of kind of the faces on some of them was like, yeah. it's like, Oh, it's like, this is like this guy, like, must have like because i'm trying to figure it out at the time i was like he must cast the head and then like just the face and then he must green stuff that and then make a new master and you know it's like it's like this is pretty all it's probably not i had a good idea about resin casting at that point because we would uh uh resin cast our own stuff of Mm -hmm. uh you know (laughs) what anyway yeah and so uh um so when i saw that i was like man i was like this stuff is super nice and then like you know, there was obviously there was reviews about you, about how nice your stuff was, and you know, everybody's just like, "This is amazing. This is super nice." But I, I can't. It's it's insane to me because I would just assume you're just sculpting everything, but you were just like the the drive for a hobbyist to go find a a three D printer, a sculptist in the UK, and to and to put that together and say, "Look, I want to make my own miniatures. I'm going to find everything I need to to make it happen." congrats man that's insane to me that is probably the i'm glad we're Thank doing this you. interview because i'm blown away right well, now i appreciate that that's humbling but I mean, you know um i think one of the the, the biggest thing and actually i didn't know that i didn't know that that we would be that this would be going this way but i think it's fair to it's a good idea to talk about it is one of the things that people don't realize about and especially for a lot of these guys that are um that are doing sculpting that are doing just just digital stuff they're not sculpting for casting they're just sculpting for printing um there's a big difference in how you approach things and 
I think that uh, a lot of these guys, and I'm not knocking anybody, the quality of a lot of these digital sculpts that you see now are unbelievable. I mean, they're on par with anything you could get from GW. They're just fantastic. The quality of the sculpting. Now, sure, there's different levels of quality, but that's the way that the you know anything that's art related, you're going to have people that are you know getting better, and then there's people that are at the top of their game. So that's natural. But the way that um, uh, back when I started, okay, for instance, like I started working in 15 millimeter to begin with because the scope of everything was cheaper and smaller. And so it was easier to approach from a business standpoint. But even back then, you're talking about 15 millimeter tall sold, you know, figures, and those were all cast in metal. To have 10 of those guys, single piece models sculpted cost me a thousand dollars. Yep. I mean, the, the price of sculpting, of traditional sculpting was almost sometimes cost restrictive. It was restrictive. Like I couldn't afford to have as much done um, as I had wanted to when I first started, because it was just, that was how, that was what sculptors could charge. And they had every right to ask whatever they wanted to, you know, it's, it's a matter of whether you're willing to pay it, not a matter of whether they're, you know, whether they have to ask less. And so that was one of the cool things about the digital thing is that sculptors started realizing they didn't have to do they could charge a little bit less, but still, even the digital sculptors that I worked with, you know, they charged a fair wage and they, they made a fair amount of money and they were doing it as a profession. Um, and, you know, it, it was hard to get my head around the idea when some of these guys put out these massive uh, releases like for Kickstarters and, and on some of their Patreons where they've got their, their leveraging quantity um and they're charging a lot less for it um they're offering like every month some of these patreons and everybody i'm sure knows who i'm talking about and again this is no knock i i have nothing but respect for these guys they're putting out like they're pumping out like a hundred models a month and people are only having to pay 10 12 15 dollars a month to get all these all these files and everything and it's unfortunate i i don't know if they'd necessarily make more money sculpting them and charging for this, you know, like sculpting the way it used to be done. But it's just hard for me to get my head around it. Like, man, they're putting all that work in and they're only charging somebody $15 a month for it. But then you look at how many people are signing up and that's where I finally got my, I got my head around it. And I was able to realize that, okay, you know, I mean, they're just doing it differently. They're just approaching it differently. They're still, it's still legit. It's still, they're still getting paid, which is fine. I mean, they deserve to, um, but the whole digital thing has always been, a, it's always been both a, a blessing and a strange thing to me at the same time, because as soon as you think you understand the way it all works, then like 3D printers come out and it's like, wait, what? There's something new? Like I, you know, that's when I realized I was an old man. <laughs> you're like the, you're like the grandmother coming out of the depression, still saving cans right. and all that. Like, you know, just, uh, <laughs> I get my, it. Where's my green stuff? Where's my green stuff? Yeah, it it's, uh, but you know, I guess, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, I think it's awesome. I think that the 3d printing and the home 3d printing thing has become so, uh, increasingly dominant in the hobby. I, I wish that I would have been into it. I wish it would have been around, you know, 15 years ago when I was really knee deep into my guard converting. Cause man, I would have, I would have had 30 printers. <laughs> I bet, man. I'm, I'm, I'm... I would have been printing up everything I could get my hands on. So. 
Yeah, man. One of the biggest things I will say uh, about kind of your product and all that is, and even being, you know, I'm in your, like, for everybody listening right now, I am in the Mad Robot Miniatures Patreon. You know, it, it, it it's, I think you suspended it for a little bit, but, and so yeah. I'm in a group where you, you are so protective of what you produce as far as, uh, the aesthetic for it and everything along those lines. It's, 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 and kind of, I would say like the, uh, the continuity of your models and how they fit within the grim dark universe is so refreshing. Like I know that, you know, there's a, um, like there's a, a reason why you did something a certain way, a reason why you made a hat bill a certain way, or you made a helmet a certain way. And, and it's, it, it's kind of one of those things where I'll see some of, and, and not obviously not knocking some of these Kickstarters out there or anything like that, but there's always kind of those things. It's like, man, it's like, this is obviously not, like this is like somebody got the, uh, somebody got the, 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 uh, I guess the make a, you know, woman in armor with, uh, you know, a backpack, a power backpack. And it's like, well, I guess it kind of looks 40 K ish or it looks 30 K ish. It just, it doesn't feel like the old school way. Whereas like your models, it's like, yep, that is a hundred percent based off of like the old school, this, or that is a hundred percent based off of like the, the aesthetics feel right whenever you're looking at some of your miniatures. So I would say I've seen what your quality control works. I've seen what you look, uh, look at whenever you're doing kind of some of the, uh, 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 I guess like crowdsourcing for, uh, uh, for for ideas or, or crowdsourcing for, you know, what should I change here or, or what doesn't look good. And, and you're super protective of the quality of your work and you want to ensure that it can just like kind of seamlessly fit into to uh, to the, the to the tabletop. And I, I really enjoy that about your models. I, that's one of the biggest things that sells me for you is kind of uh, is somebody would look at it and think to themselves like, I didn't know Games Workshop makes this. You know, I didn't know Games Workshop is producing this line and you just no it's third party you know oh wow well thanks i appreciate that so so just to keep you on that like yeah they can mass produce a lot of uh, a lot of stls but there's a lot going on in, 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 in quality there that's a, a little bit different so totally but yeah it, it, and i guess uh man it's i'm i'm very very like once again, I'm blown away by the whole 3D printing thing. But my, my question was going to be, you know, like, did you ever try and cast in pewter? Did you ever try and cast in metal? But it just sounds like you just. No, I, I, I uh, the 15, the 15 millimeter stuff that I did at, initially, that was all done in metal. And I didn't do it. I had uh, Fortress Figures in Indiana um, here in the States did it. Gotcha. Uh, and they're, uh, they're well known amongst anybody that does metal casting. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the. Um, let's see that the equipment, um, I mean, some people think that the resin casting equipment is restrictive in terms of cost. And I guess it kind of is, but really, the, I mean, the, compared to spin casting and metal casting, that's, that's major investment in, uh, in equipment. Um, there's a, everything's large, all the machines are large and all the equipment's pretty, pretty chunky. And there are a number of, uh, it was just too restrictive for me as one guy. I couldn't afford that stuff to buy all the stuff needed to cast and metal. And it was messy and I didn't have, I mean, I, I didn't want to, you know, I had no place to put any of it anyway. So 
uh, yeah, that, that that never really was an option for me in terms of doing it myself with the metal casting. Resin was a lot more compact, a lot easier to do in a small space, and um, it just made more sense. I guess some of that was also because of Forge World. I was familiar with Forge World enough to know that they were using resin and had worked with a few of their uh, parts and stuff, and you know, realized that that was probably the way to go. And your resin was was like some of the first like i kind of remember your your first models you were putting out i mean it was it was still that soft resin it was kind of that like tintish bluish gray uh it like do you, do you do you want me to do you want me to completely pull the curtain back and and just like blow that do you want to maintain the fantasy of that like specialness or do you want me to blow it apart i'll blow it apart man Okay, it, it's just it's just uh and and no people are probably not gonna like this if people who are casters because some of these guys, I guess I kind of understand it. They they get protective of this stuff. I use uh I use smooth on resin. It's smooth on three oh five. I know smooth uh, on. I know it. <laughs> yeah, it's smooth on three oh five, and then to get the gray color, it's a white color naturally. Um, to get the gray color, I just buy a bottle of their black, uh, like ink or whatever the, the, the black color is. And I just put a few drops into, um, some of the one part of the resin and shake it up and that distributes it and turns it into a gray. I mean, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's, this stuff is no, like, I'm not a magician, man. I'm just, uh, you know. I just figured out how to do it, and that's it's anybody can go buy the smooth on three hundred five at their local Reynolds uh, Advanced Materials location. <laughs> that's so funny, man. That's so, you know. Oh my god. You know, wait for the death the death threats now. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's like, man, dude, I don't know what he must have sourced his resin from Forge World. He was looked at what they were using. Right. And, oh man, I'm, <laughs> I once I did, I'm convinced that Forge World, at least for a while, if not currently, they're they're using the same thing. I think they're using Smoothcast. Uh, I think they're using three hundred five. I did one time. I was talking to a Reynolds uh, a smooth on sale rep, and I I he he didn't say anything specifically or or con to confirm it. But when I said that's what Forge World uses, right? And he kind of ha he kind of you know hemmed and hawed a little bit. And I said, well. He's like, well, I don't think so. I said, you're a liar. I said, I know that's what they use. And he just started laughing and walked out of the room. So I don't, I don't know <laughs> if he can write anything into that or not, but I certainly did. I, I think that's what they use. Man, you just, you just made it available for resin casting for everybody listening right now. They're just like, what? Yeah. Like, you know? Well, if, there's, if their stock goes up, I better get a portion of it because... <laughs> I'll be an unofficial salesman for him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll change a little bit for sure. <laughs> but so, so I guess, uh, uh, one of the things that I've always kind of been curious about is, uh, you are hardcore guard, right? It is, it is definitely oh, yeah. like, there, there's no, I, I don't believe there is may have missed them. There's no space Marine. Like you do, you do. I mean, like you do infantry, right? You do people, you do like Necromunda stuff. You've done, uh, uh, Imperial Guard stuff, all that jazz, like anything for like the infantry. You've, you've, I think you've even done some uh, fantasy level stuff or some like uh, uh, a, a few things. Yeah, um, I, I you, excuse me. I uh, yeah, I mean the guard it definitely is. That's like my focus. Um, I I don't have any. I mean anything else that I do 
anything that might serve a purpose for Necromunda or for like something like Mordheim or fantasy setting, any of those things are not necessarily, a few of them are done deliberately, but most of the time, even when I do like, um, you know, fantasy, like medieval helmets or something like that, I'm doing them with the idea that these would look cool on a, on an Imperial Guard regiment. I, I, I'm, that's always like the motivation for me. And yeah, to your point, I have vehicle, I have a vehicle, I have a tank that I sell and I've toyed around with doing, um, proxies for like Sentinels and that kind of a thing. I, that's just not, that's, I don't have a passion about that. My passion is just infantry, infantry based stuff that I can, um, you know, offer up to, to, to people and, and like, that's my focus. I definitely noticed that. I'm 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 super excited for. Um, we're supposed to be seeing the Colts of Militia for Horus Heresy soon enough, and that's going to open up the gates for. You know, right now it, uh, Horus Heresy is kind of locked in. If you want to play, you know, just normal humans, you're kind of locked in with the Solar Auxilla, and they kind of have yeah. a specific, you know, four plus armor save look. Kind of like if you wanted to play a Stormtrooper armor army, you got to run everybody in big armor. That's kind of how the Solar Auxilla are right now. They're kind of locked into this uh, super heavy armor, you know, thick boys in their uh, uh, their deep sea diving, you know, 1950s gear or 1940s gear. Um, uh, but uh, I can't wait for this, uh, in, in this militia and this uh, Colts, Colts and militia to come out. That way we can start really seeing people's legs get stretched with the, uh, with conversion, you know, and so using some of your pieces and all that stuff, you're, you're going to have a good day whenever that book drops. I, I promise on that one. Nice. Have, has there been any kind of, um, uh, artwork or anything come out for what they're doing with that? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. They just no. keep promising a PDF you could always go to the, uh, uh, Imperial Colts and militia, uh, you know, book five, the original black book to see what kind of aesthetic that they're going to use. And then of course you could always, uh, uh, look at the old, uh, uh, basically the old militia book to see if there's anything in there to draw from. But it's it's there. It seems like they might be taking a little bit of a different route with it. But I could. It seems like they're going to dip heavy into the cults side of it with how some of the demon summonings work and things like that. So yeah, I could definitely see some witchy poo uh, imperial cults coming out. It seems like that's right around the corner. That's cool. Oh, well, we'll see. That's I'm always looking for new ideas and, and uh, new inspirations. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe there'll be some bits for that coming up sometime. Are, I guess it's a, are, are you pretty open to, uh, uh, I guess, uh, inspiration? Or if, you know, if somebody said, hey, can you make this? Or, you know, if, you, if they wanted to toss you an idea, is that something you'd accept? Or something you take in? Or I, never, kind of... I never say no to anything. Uh, only thing that I ever say is, is I can't guarantee that I'll make it. But tell me what you're after. And if I have the time and if I feel like it's something that would sell at all, um, then I, I might put it on my list of stuff to make and uh, move forward with. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do commission work. I, I used to do a lot more commissions where people would, I had a system set up where people would say, you know, can you do this or this? And I, I would have them, my deal was, is you, you pay for the master models, you pay like a hundred bucks for the prints. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll give you a bunch of free copies of the resin casts after they're everything's done. And then I'll contribute my time 
and that'll be kind of the the the, the deal. Um, and people like that. They did that a little bit, but I I've just become so um, so focused on doing like my own ideas. Once I decided that I was just gonna move forward and make regiments and that kind of a thing, um, the commission stuff started to fall away in terms of my uh, I don't know my direction or my my interests just because the more I open up, I mean, like to sidestep on that a little bit, it, the, the, the classic Imperial guard codex, I think it's third edition that has, and anybody who's into the guard knows this. it's got that middle section where it's got the thumbnails of all the little hand sketched regiments. There's gotta be like 30 or 40 regiments in there that are represented. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, that, I mean, like, my goal is to try and make as much of that as I can and then mix in other things as well. And I, when I say make that, I mean, and be inspired by it. Just so we're clear. I, <laughs> I, whenever I, whenever I see that stuff, I don't do, I've always tried to uh, be, in, uh, be inspired by that stuff, not necessarily try mm -hmm. to copy it. Um, I know that sometimes I can walk a fine line with things, but I, I truly do. I have such respect for that whole era of, of the 40 K world i mean not just the um the guys that the, the people that put those books together the people that put that game together but all the sculpting and all the work that those people did back then um i i would never just out of respect for those people i don't ever try to copy exactly anything and sometimes people will say well you know it doesn't look exactly like you know my old model and it's like well you know it's the it's the best i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna do because i don't want to I'm trying to pay homage to this stuff. I'm not trying to, to make a photocopy of it. Yeah, exactly. It's illegally it's unique as well. <laughs> but <There you> go. <laughs> including, including the names of everything. Yeah. I, I, but it, it is one of those things where, you know, it, you would have never dreamed when you opened that codex, you'd say like, oh man, I can't, I, I can't wait to go out and buy my, uh, all my Adelins, right? I can't wait to go get these guys and, and paint up a whole army of Adelins. And it's like, oh, that's not happening at the time. But now you want something like that, dude. They're, they're... When I saw, when I saw, when I opened up that codex, that, that stuff was like pornography. I mean, when I, when I bought that codex, I, I just bought the books. I didn't even buy it. I looked at those books for months before I even bought any of the 40 K figures. I mean, I, I bought the rule book and I bought that third edition guard codex and I would, they had that. Um, they also, one of the cool things they had in that codex was the full spread of uh, these two, these two young guys had put together this massive six by four board. They called it Stalin Vost or something like that. It was based on Stalingrad and it was all this, this totally classic 40 K grimdark terrain. And, and they had their guard models painted up in like classic world war two camouflage and everything. I would sit there and look at those things. I just look at the pictures. <laughs> I mm. didn't even know how to play the, the, the game. I just kept looking at the photos and, um, I have, like I said, man, it just, it became such an obsession. It's still an obsession with me today. I still look at that freaking codex. I mean, I got a problem. <laughs> no, you have a you you do not have a problem. Do not ever do not ever tell yourself that. You keep looking at those codexes. 
It's no, it, it definitely, I, I was in the same boat. I mean, there, it was I, at the time I jumped in, it was already plastic Cadian time. And so I never got to, uh, get some of those cool, you know, Vahalins or, uh, and Praetorians and uh, Mordians, right? Like all those cool metal right. figures. Like I never, I like if somebody had one of those armies, they were next level, right? You would just be like, dude, this is in all like a, a freshly painted Mordian army just blew across the board. Man, the dream, right? Just right. absolutely totally. like just next level. So, so I feel it, man. Like I can, that's one of the big things I kind of miss. You know, you kind of get some of these, uh, this newer stuff coming out and you get the, like you, like everybody's got just Cadians, right? Just a bunch of Cadians and a bunch of like military and all this stuff. It's like, man, it's like that'll never like look like a fully painted Praetorian army, right? The red wave with the white helmets, like, hey, that, totally, yeah. I mean, it it's pretty impressive. You know, swap can still do a lot of uh, make a lot of difference, but yeah, you know, Imperial Guard army back then, you had an army that. It, you know, you had squads of Mordians next to squads of Cadians. There was a couple squads of, like, the old-school stormtroopers with the berets. There was a squad of Talarns. You know, I mean, it was all in the same army. That was the one of the other benefits of the Guard Army for me was just a, so much diversity and, and kind of interesting things to look at. Um, I saw pictures of armies back then where, you know, guys would have tanks. And they would have tanks for different regiments. So they'd have a Talarn, they'd have a tank, a, a Lehman Russ painted like a Talarn. Mm-hmm. And then they'd have a couple painted in Cadian colors. They'd have a, you know, painted, one painted up like Mordian colors. And that was encouraged. And uh, they kind of danced around that idea, too, in later editions of the Codex. They had uh, different ways of uh, allowing people to mix and match. But then, you know, the powers that be decided they were going to just push that all side and stick with the Cadians and, and the Catechians to a certain degree. And that's fine. I mean, you know, no, 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 no real loss there, but I still like to see some of that, uh, some of that, like some of those diverse regiments make a, a, a comeback, but who knows? Yeah. And I'm glad that you're fighting the good fight to make sure that people can get those, some of those more esoteric armies. You they can get them from you. Uh, like you are keeping that dream alive and, uh, and making that possible. So definitely appreciate that coming from your end. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to do it. So, so yeah. So, uh, man, it's, we're already at the 40, 45 minute mark. So I do want to give you a chance here. Do you have anything going on right now? Any shout outs you want to make anything that you're working on or, you know, a Patreon or shout out or how people can get in contact with you. This is your time to, Self-promote, man. Go crazy. What, what do you got going on? Um, that's the one thing I'm not very good at. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Probably the well, right away, uh, tomorrow actually, on Friday the, uh, the 24th, there's a week-long Kickstarter for the latest uh, regiment that I'm doing. Uh, the red, the Kickstarter's for the digital files uh, for a squad of these guys called the Erdani Special Forces. Um, and they draw heavily on their influence from some old school uh, uh, stormtrooper uh, stormtrooper sculpts from years past. Um, they've come out looking pretty good, and uh, that Kickstarter starts tomorrow. You can get a whole bunch of different files and for a pretty decent price. Um, I guess uh, you know, 
other other things coming up, I really don't know. I kind of I kind of keep things uh, relatively casual in terms of my schedule and and my my plan. I have a list of things that I want to do, but I don't particularly put them in any kind of order. Whatever strikes me as interesting, that's what I'll work on next. But um, if people want to check out uh, MadRobotMiniatures.com, uh, that's the best place to go check out uh, what I'm currently selling and anything that comes out that's new. It's always featured on the front of the website there. And we're on Facebook and Instagram, uh, MadRobotMinis on Instagram and Ed Robot AZ on Facebook, and I guess that's about it. If you want to email me directly with something, an idea or something, info at madrobotminiatures.com, and I guess that's it. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, man. And uh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad we're talking. I'm so glad that this was this interview took such a a, a perfect turn. It was so good. So. I definitely appreciate you coming on. So definitely, uh, I've seen the uh, uh, the models that you're releasing your Kickstarter. They look great. Uh, if you like that old school aesthetic on uh, uh, some of the four plus save thick boys, uh, that is the uh, that is absolutely the way to go. So so go check that out. We will definitely we'll share that we'll share that Kickstarter once you once you get it going. Uh, and I think. You're dropping it today. Today's Friday, the 23rd. This should go out next Monday. So I'll give people plenty of time to hop in there and uh, yeah. go pick that up and get those digital files off of you to go get those resin printers uh, going. Awesome. So I definitely appreciate you coming on and uh, uh, rest in peace, your DMs, because once people hear this, you're probably going to get a lot of weird stuff coming through. So, But <laughs> but don't worry. You don't have to make the, the cat-eared Cadians. You don't have to do it. So don't worry. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but I appreciate you, Steve. Thank you for coming on. And uh, All right. Thanks, Mike.